0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hoopsville, the Thursday, July 8th edition of 2016. Thanks for joining us. We hope you will enjoy this one. Uh, as we are back in studio, the WBCA NABC studios. I want to thank them, as always, for their partnership with Hoopsville. Of course, don't forget, we're also uh, presented by d3hoops.com, and as always, thank them and Pat and Gordon and all the rest for their assistance. Hope you enjoyed Saturday's show. I know it was a little bit different, a little bit earlier. Didn't get as many viewers as we normally have. It happens, but a little bit different. Uh, as um, we were live at Roanoke College, I want to thank again everybody at Roanoke College. Chris Kilcoin, the Sports Information Director. Of course, their Athletics Director. And of course, Clay Nunley, who came on the show and uh, did so wonderfully. I also want to thank the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. J.D. Nekoloff and Brad Bankson, who once again, along with Kerry harvey Cutter with the City of Salem, put on a wonderful soccer championships. Looking forward to being down there in just a matter of days as we start off the um, football championships. I've never visited Salem and the Roanoke Valley twice in in a month. I've come close with the ODAC championships um, and the... the, NCAA Tournament, but this was the first time that we got a chance to go down there. I'm <laughs> literally going to be there 10 days after I left, so it'll be fascinating to watch. So I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. We, uh, we're trying a few new things tonight. First and foremost, we're trying our simulcast with um, with Facebook Live on top of our YouTube efforts. We know you are there watching us on YouTube, and we thank you for that. But we're also on Facebook, and hope people enjoy watching us on Facebook as well. We shall see, as they say. Let's talk about the guests that we have coming up. We're going to start talking. All the guests we have on tonight are undefeated teams. And that's the theme of tonight's show, the undefeated, as it were. We will, excuse me, have number eight, Wartburg women's basketball coach Bob Amsbury on the show coming up here shortly, talking about the team at number eight, talk about last year's incredible run to the semifinals of the NCAA tournament, and also the difference in the two schedules. Last year, getting in, if I remember correctly, double check it, as an at-large team, thanks very much in part to a very strong schedule, especially around the holidays. Remember, three top ten teams came to Wartburg for their tournament. They beat two of those three, didn't face the third. That had a large factor in getting into the tournament, positioned where they were, and helping with their run. This year, the, the schedule's a little bit different. Doesn't have those powerhouses as we see it now, we will talk to coach about that factor. Also coming up, RIT, Rochester Tech's women's basketball coach, Amy Reed, will join us. The team is undefeated. They are 7-0, and off to the program's best start in history. And neither poll, D3 Hoops, nor WBCA are, have anybody voting for the Tigers. So what makes the Tigers tick? Are they that good this year? What makes them so good? We'll talk to Coach Reed coming up here on Hoopsville about her squad. I think you might find it a little bit fascinating. And if you're in the Liberty League and in upstate New York, you might find it just a little bit scary. Also, coming up on Hoopsville, we will have uh, Swarthmore men's basketball coach on to talk about his incredible squad, the Garnets. They started the season 9-0 last year. They are 7-0 This season to start, they are on top of the Centennial Conference in a conference that they may be able to win a little bit easier than many may have thought. Now, that could be completely wrong in a month, but that's what it looks like right now. I've had a voice in my head talking about this team. We'll check them out as well. Coach Kalmowski joining us. I apologize, just butchered the name. We'll get it right and promise you for the segment. Then we'll talk to Marietta men's basketball coach John Van Vanderwall. We talked to him at the Hoopsville Classic. It was one of the interviews that had technical glitches and wasn't able to air. That might be a blessing in disguise. We now get to talk to him because otherwise we wouldn't, as we don't tend to repeat guests if we can't avoid it until the end of the year. But we get to have Marietta on the show, and we will get to talk to Coach Vanderwall about the fact that not only did they beat Christopher Newport, they then handled Worcester, and they handled Baldwin-Wallace. Their closest two games are non-ranked opponents, and all of them are nearly double figures, or only 20 points. are all double figures. Is Marietta peaking too soon? Are they worried about keeping focused? What about their big game coming up Saturday against John Carroll? All of those topics coming up. By the way, big day for John Carroll on Saturday. They've got Marietta coming for basketball, and the football team is at Oshkosh in the semifinals. Pretty impressive going on at University Heights. So we'll talk to Coach John Vanderwal from Marietta about his squad and what makes it tick this year and why even he thinks it was fair, he even thinks maybe too high, have them preseason number 17 and how they are just playing darn well. And then one more undefeated team. That team to be decided. I've got it on one of my monitors. It is Babson versus Amherst, number two at number one. We don't get a lot of those during the regular season in Division 3 We've got one tonight. We will keep an eye on the game, which right now Babson leads 9-7. They trailed 5-2, so they're on a 7-2 run early in that game. We will talk to their co- – and I just hit another basket. We will talk to either Stephen Brennan of the winning Babson squad or Dave Hickson of the winning Amherst squad. Either way, one of those two teams will be on this show tonight talking about their win in a big game in the Northeast. Of course, we'll keep you abreast of that game as well. So uh, don't forget, you can interact with us, ask us questions, uh, tweet us, whatever you need to do. Your Twitter account is Hoopsville at d 3 Hoopsville. At D3 Hoopsville, your hashtag is Hoopsville. You can do it on Instagram as well, though we don't interact on Instagram, especially during the show. We certainly promote the show there, promote our guests. But you can follow us on Instagram at D3 Hoopsville as well, along with hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Which, once again, I remind you, we are actually broadcasting live tonight, trying it out, as it were. I want to thank the uh, Brandeis Sports Information Director for putting that little nugget in my head. It's a long inside baseball story, but Brandeis now is uh, simulcasting their broadcasts uh, also on Facebook Live, so we decided, you know what, let's take a stab at it. Let's see how it works out. There's a couple people watching it right now. Hope you're enjoying it on Facebook. If you've got questions, you can interact with us there on Facebook. We will try and interact back. We have a lot of screens uh, working as it were, so hopefully we can keep in touch, but we hope you'll enjoy it as well. So they've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, the top 25 this is another topic, and we've already had, a let's call it, an interesting um, week again for top 25 voters to contemplate Um Let's go back and look at who's who's been where and where has been in the men's side of things. We've already had more losses in the top 25 this week. Jeez, there's been so much talk on the D3 boards in the top 25 men's side. I can't easily find the post that was put up uh, last night. It's so easy, usually, and couldn't tonight it wasn't. So anyway, moving on, uh, Tufts lost to Mass Boston in a thriller earlier this week, 76-74. Whitworth lost to Whitman. Number 4 team in the country in a thriller. Whitworth actually coming back in that game and making it close late. North Central lost to Carthage. Who thought Carthage would be at the top of the CCIW early on in conference action? And remember, we haven't seen CCIW conference action this time of the year before. Illinois Wesleyan lost to North Park. I'm not voting for North Park because I was waiting for that game. Barring anything crazy, North Park's entering my top 25 next week. Uh, 72-68 the win for North Park. Worcester lost to Hiram. I'm probably going to remove Worcester from my top 25. I I debated last year. I didn't have Worcester in my top 25 a lot. I think the year before, maybe not as well because I was trying to buck the trend that we always put Worcester in, that they're always good. I didn't think they were good, but then they make a great run at the end of the season. They bring a lot of that team back. I thought they were going to be darn good this season. Well, John Carroll's not that good this season. Ohio Wesleyan starts the season rough. Worcester added to the list. Worcester is 4-3 and three now. they got DePaul coming up on Saturday. Watch out, DePaul could beat them. St. Thomas lost to Hamlin. Now, I mentioned in my Top 25 blog last week, uh, or this week, I should say, that St. Thomas losing its second conference game shouldn't be that much of a surprise. They did it last year en route to going 30-3 and three and winning the national title. Whoop-de-doo. Well, now they've lost two straight conference games. Talk to Coach John Tower off the record. You know, maybe this is just a team that doesn't have as many weapons as we thought they do. We're so used to the Tommies reloading, so used to the Tommies having talent sitting on the bench or in reserves that we just don't know about. Grant Schaefer is a tremendous talent, but maybe there's too much on his shoulders. That's not a knock on him at all. He's, he's doing wonderfully, but maybe there just isn't enough talent on that team to warrant a top 25. It's weird to say that about the defending national champs, but we've had it before. It's weird to say that about the Tommies. Parody. And you know what? As as Coach Tower did say to me, they've been lucky over the years to be able to retool that team and that program so often. Maybe for the first time they're taking their lumps just a little bit. Remember, they lost a lot over a darn good national champion who beat an undefeated, then undefeated, Benedictine squad. Rest of the top 25 so far unscathed, but we do have Skidmore losing to Plattsburgh State. That hurts me a little bit. I've been riding Skidmore pretty hard there. They lost 86 78. They got Middlebury coming up to the Thoroughbreds. That will be a good test to find out things. By the way, Amherst has rallied a bit. We're 11 03 left to go in the first half. Babson and Amherst nodded close. No surprise. Babson leads a point. 1918. we'll keep an eye on live stats as well to give you an idea how everybody is doing. For example, no substitutions so far for Babson and Flannery leads with five points. No substitutions for Amherst so far. And Nabatov leads with five points. Back to the top 25, Brockport, who everyone's been talking highly about, lost to Hobart, 65-52. Nothing against Hobart, but Brockport should be winning that game. Carroll in the CCIW, lost to Elmers, 69 69- 56. So things on the men's side, a little bit up in the air, and I promise you we will have more losses by the end of the week. Uh, let's look at the women's top 25. Obviously, on the women's side, it tends to be a little bit more stagnant, a little bit more quiet, a little bit more subdued. And this week is no exception. There is no losses in the top 25 so far. Tufts got to win over Bridgewater State. Amherst got to win over Rhode Island College. Scranton is idle, which is a little odd this time of year. Finals, though, happen, so that that maybe isn't as odd as I make it sound. Um St. Thomas beat Hamlin, Wash U beat Fontbonne, uh, Wartburg won at Co. We'll talk to Wartburg's coach coming up here shortly. Nothing else really jumping out at me At going, wow. Uh, the only losses are in the receiving votes category. River Falls now 3-3, three and three, lost to Northland. Uh, Catholic, who loses their first game of the season, they're now 6-1. and one. They lost to Salisbury. Speaking of Salisbury, let's flip back to the men's side real quick. Salisbury and Christopher Newport lining up for about a week's time to have a heck of a battle. Uh, on their hands, as those two teams finish out ca- or finish off this semester, should be a good game. Salisbury actually have one of their seniors playing in their his final game that night. He only has one semester left. but Salisbury should get set back some talent. I've heard in the second semester. That's a good battle of what could be a four horse race, believe it or not in the cAC. I've said it before. I'll say it again chris uh, Christopher Newport, Salisbury, St. Mary's, and Mary Washington could be stirring the drink at the top of that conference along with York, uh, Marymount. Wesley. Uh, Frostberg even who gave Christopher Newport a bit of a run uh, and others playing heck of a spoiler role. Uh, it'll be fun to watch those two teams coming up here. I know our friend Ryan Scott will be going down to that game. I don't think I can make that game at all. I don't remember what day it is. Uh, I don't think I can make it at all, but we'll find out. We'll see what happens. Again, if you want to interact with us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook. Facebook.com Slash by the way uh, wonderful stories on d3 hoops.com got a bunch of great around the region columns that are out there um, talking about layman or Guilford I should say um, Bard's uh, basketball uh, player has a tremendous story you should check out uh, checking in with the Mary Washington women's basketball program you got to watch out for Dina Applebury and her squad we got that one on there and the around the nation article talking about the point guards. Pretty good article from Ryan Scott. Check it out. He selects his top 10 in men and women. And by the way, I'll hint, he hinted at it Sunday. It's a two part series. He will come back and revisit that one later. In the season. So there you go. We got lots of scores around the Division II besides the big game between Amherst and Babson. It's 21 18. I hope you're watching me and not the game. Okay, no, I don't mind if you watch the game and came back to watch this at a later date. That's totally fine. No qualms at all. But if you do have uh, questions for us about that game, we'll try and answer. I promise you right now, it may be just a little bit tough uh, as we're balancing a lot of things, but hope you're enjoying it. We are experimenting this on Facebook Live along with YouTube. We'll see how well this works. We're in for the long haul here. Uh, we've got another hour and 45 minutes coming up. Um, let's see here. So uh, there was some other items I know that we needed to check on. So bear with me here as I do a couple clicky clicks. Let's check some other scores going on. Uh, number 19, Keene State and LaSalle are playing. Guess what? LaSalle's up on this one already, 11-1. Five minutes into the game. Endicott got a win over Salem State. I suspect we might be hearing from Endicott on this show sometime soon. Endicott leads or uh, won that game 82-64 in a rather early game today. Um, other games that jump out at me. Albertus Magnus is playing Mitchell. It's early in that one, five minutes four minutes in. It's 13-6, Albertus magnus in that one by the way i should point out uh lancaster bible took its first loss i think we mentioned this on sunday but i got a better chance to mention it now lancaster bible took its first loss in 23 home games i believe um it may have been longer than that gallaudet beat them gallaudet could end up being the neac team to watch we'll keep an eye on them and find a way to get them on the show uh sometime in the future we'll work on that by the way other finals in men's basketball Uh, Gordon beat Worcester State, Green Mountain, uh, State beat Green Mountain, uh, Castleton beat Johnston State, and Becker beat Brandeis. I thought Brandeis was going to have a better season this year. They are not doing as well as I expected. I don't know what's going on with the judges. They are three and four to start the season. Beat Suffolk, lost to Rhode Island College, beat Mass Dartmouth, lost to Tufts, beat Salem State, lost to Amherst, and now have lost to Becker. Um, UAA might be a little bit tougher for Brandeis. Than they expect. Uh, new top 25 obviously came out. We haven't had a chance to discuss that. Maybe we should, right? Um, let's take a look at that top 25 so far this season. On the men's side, Amherst, 19 first-place votes, followed by Babson at five. Obviously, their big game taking place right now. Babson leads 25-22, 8-17 left. Marietta's got a first-place vote, the only one remaining, sitting in third. Then it's Whitman in fourth, followed by Tufts, Christopher Newport, Whitworth, St. Norbert, and North Central. No surprises there, though North Central will continue to fall after another loss. Uh, I think Whitworth, if the voters are smart, are going to keep themselves right about where they were. Rochester undefeated at, at 11th. I think you got to watch them. Watch out for Eau Claire, who's sitting in 10th as well. Uh, Hope Wash U, a team I'm not voting for, is sitting 13th. They lost and fell. We'll, I'm going to keep an eye on them. I may vote for the Bears. Benedictine is 4-2 and two at 14th. Salisbury is 6-0. and oh. If Salisbury stays there and continues to move up, Christopher Newport-Salisbury is going to be a top 15 battle coming up next week. Illinois Wesleyan we mentioned took the loss. Worcester took the loss. North Park entered the fray at eighteen this week. They may move. They will move up with a win over Illinois Wesleyan. Keene State took a loss. They're now struggling again. See what happens with them. Endicott took another win. They'll probably move up. St. Thomas, like I said, may now drop. We'll see what happens. Swarthmore in. Barely survived against Ursinus. Susquehanna uh, is in there, along with Baldwin, Wallace, and Denison. On the women's side, really, no surprises here. The biggest one, Texas Tyler plummeted from third to 21 on back-to-back losses. It's about as far as they probably would have fallen. They probably could have fallen out of the poll. Uh, but with 138 votes uh, or points, five, so one, two, or one, two three, four, they're actually sitting right where they would have uh, gotten with those votes. Everyone's got them about 21st. Um, So a lot to follow. Uh, We'll keep an eye on. Again, women's side kind of quiet right now. Uh, Before we take a break, a reminder how the rest of this will play out for our programming. We'll be back on the air Sunday, seven o'clock Eastern time with our next round of guests. Hopefully with good information, we'll also get a regional reporter in. We thought about getting one this week, but with the, uh, Um, BAPS and Amherst game. That is not going to happen. By the way, Amherst just got called for a shot clock violation. Trail by four. 6.52 left in the first half. Uh, We will get a regional reporter coming up here pretty darn soon. As far as the... Next Thursday show, we will not be on the air. This is the week we head down back to Salem, in this case, to, for the Gallardi and men's or the football championships. Gallardi trophy on Wednesday, championship on Friday. Just too much going on to be able to pull off a show on Thursday. Um, I always say that there's always a chance I may pull it off. We're just going to be blunt. We're not doing it. We'll be back on the air, though, the following Sunday, the 18th of December, with what will probably be the last show of this side of the 2016-17 season. Um, there's an outside chance we'll come back on the air the 22nd, but being that close to Christmas, I think, uh, we're going to spend time with the family instead. So the 18th will probably be our last show. We'll then be back on the air a couple of weeks later on January 5th to restart the season. But don't forget, we'll be at the d3hoops.com classic with a bunch of coaches, interviews, and student-athlete interviews there. Gordon, myself, Pat Coleman, and others will be there. So uh, that's what to look out for. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get our interviews started. Remember, here's who our guests are, and they are in order of appearance. Wartburg's women's basketball coach, Bob Amesbury, will join us, followed by uh, Rochester Tech's women's basketball coach, um, Coach Reed, Amy Reed. That will be then followed by Swarthmore men's basketball coach, uh, Landry, uh, Kalsmowski, Landry Kalsmowski will join us, and then Marietta's basketball coach John Van w- Vanderwall, and then the winner of Babson Amherst, unless the game ends quicker than that. And we can sneak them in before that. But Coach uh, Babson versus Amherst will be coming up. uh, The winner of that game against, again, Babson leads Amherst 29-25, 544 left. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more Hoopsville, of course. We'll talk to Coach Bob Amesbury. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this.
1: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and play college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
2: I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay
3: doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than.
1: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
3: If you can play, you can play in Division
4: 3
5: I'm a Division Three student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division 3
6: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. Just tweeting away who we got on our guest next. Hold on a quick sec. You know, this is how we do things. Um, we're keeping an eye on that Amherst um, Bapson men's basketball game. Uh, Bapson currently leads 31-25, 436 left in the first half. Quick first half, I'll have to admit it. I'm a good uh, multitasker, except when it comes to typing and talking at the same time. And usually we get this stuff typed out a little faster, but it just didn't happen today. But there, we got a tweet out, and we got our next guest lined up. So we're talking about undefeated teams today. Uh, on the women's side, it is uh, quite a few, as it always is. Uh, of course, uh, one of those teams is one who's riding off one heck of a season last year. It's the Wartburg Knights. Women's basketball team is uh, flying high as it uh, were. 23-8 and eight last season, ended in the semifinals of the NCAA tournament to a pretty good toughs team. Now they are sitting at 7 and 0 on the season, 3 and 0 in IIAC. IIAC, I'm making the. Yeah, IAC Conference Action. How good is Wartburg? Well, let's ask their head coach. Joining us on the City of Salem hotline is Bob Amesbury from the number eight Wartburg Knights. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir.
5: Thanks, Dave. Great to be
0: there. I should say uh, the the inside joke of this interview is we've asked Bob to be on the show. I think at least two or three times so far this <laughs> season. Um, I think one of them um, fell through for some reason, and the other one fell through because I had to cancel last week. So I finally said, you know what? We got to get Bob on today. <laughs> um, so, Coach, it, it hasn't you know stopped you guys from continuing to march through seven and zero to start the season. Um, and win over Nebraska Wesleyan in conference play, which is new for the IAC. So you got them mm-hmm. to start the season. And obviously a win over Co on Wednesday night. Uh, you'll get one. We'll talk about what's coming in just a minute. But you got to be thrilled with how this season has started, considering how tough, but how pleasant, I mean, I should say, but really how tough the season ended last year.
5: Yeah, we've, uh, you know, I think the experience we got last year was really invaluable. And our our team this year. We do have a lot of returning players that that was able to really gain a lot of experience through that run and and our kids are confident and know what that's like and we've we've certainly brought that into this season and I do think that we're further ahead um this season of where we were at this time last year and um you know I think the exciting thing about this team is we can still Get a lot better. And so that's our focus right now is day-to-day and continuing to improve and um, continuing to to work on what we need to work on and and not take anything for granted.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, we we, we talked a little bit about it when we had you on last season. But the amazing thing about last year is, um, you know, you kind of go rolling along. You, you beat up a bunch of really good teams right at the end of the 2015 part of it. Uh, the mm-hmm. Oshkosh and Wheaton game is, is, you know, at your own place in the tournament. You really kind of been rolling. Then you got in the conference playing, and, and you guys stubbed your toes, lost five of six, uh, right in the middle of January, uh, and then uh, unfortunately tripped up uh, late against Coe, which kind of put you guys in a tough spot. But strength of schedule, big wins, as we mentioned, got you in the NCAA tournament, and you took full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. How did you guys deal though with that up and down season, and and is it anything that you can use moving
2: forward?
5: You know, I as I reflect over last year, we played very, very consistently. Other than that, about two-week stretch. And so I I guess if that's up and down, I'll admit (laughs) that. But, you know, it it was really for a two-week stretch where we kind of struggled. But the rest of the year, we were very, very good. Um, You know, and and I think it wasn't anything that we were necessarily doing wrong. We just got into a little bit of a funk and uh, on the offensive end, and we had to work through that. And once we did um, and got back to, to playing together and making each other better, uh, we got back to playing well. So we're guarded against that. You know, I think going through that experience um, has us on edge a little bit. And we know that at any point that can happen so we're guarded a little bit more maybe this year and and hopefully can anticipate when some of that starts to happen uh rather than get in too far deep into it um but you know our, our kids understand that and and when we worked through it last year they they understood what we needed to do better and um, and we've done that since. So, you know, hopefully we can continue to play together. And if we do, we're, we're going to be really hard to beat.
0: How many players did you lose from last year's squad? We graduated
5: two kids. Okay. Um, yeah. Kaylee Clavo was very, very good player for us. Um, played on the inside and then Bobby Burrows was a right. sharp shooter from the perimeter, but we bring everybody else back. And yeah.
0: Yeah, um, that's gonna be the theme for the next two years. You brought everybody <laughs> else back, and you don't have one senior on the squad right now.
5: We don't. We don't. That's um, scary. Yeah, the, it's scary because someday they're all going to graduate.
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Good point.
5: Um, you know, I, I've got a great group of juniors. Um, obviously, they're they're a special group. I mm. knew when we recruited them that they had the potential to be. Um, something really special and um, you know as long as we continue down the path we're going I think that they can realize some of their goals and and then we've got some young kids that are stepping into new roles uh, quite well Um, so it's it's been a it's been a very good start but we know that we, we still have a long way to go.
0: Yeah, you got, what, eight juniors on this squad. Obviously, that Mm -hmm. will lead the way this year, that will lead the way next year, but I know when the season concludes next year, you may grow a few gray hairs after losing eight (laughs) seniors. Uh, So I do feel for you there. Um, But this squad is off to such a great run, but um, yeah, let's talk more about the team, actually. So let's start with, you know, Caney Summer uh, leading the way, 15 points a game, nearly seven rebounds a game. Miranda Murphy, half points a game, 6.5 rebounds a game. By the, by the way, back to Sumner, she's your leading assist uh, lady as well, along with steals. Uh Aaron Jones, uh, nearly 10 points a game. Christy Summer, nearly, uh, just over nine points a game and eight points a game out of Morgan uh, Nurendorf. You You have a lot of players who are contributing, You look at the numbers, it's balanced. There isn't anybody who dominates on the boards. Everybody gets boards. There isn't anybody who's dominating in points. Everybody gets points. There's nobody who's Mm -hmm. – well, Katie Sumner dominates in the assist category, but everybody else is contributing Mm -hmm. uh, as well. There's a ton of players who are getting steals. When I look at it, and it's – you know, granted, I watch a few web streams when I can, but when I look at it on paper, that looks like a very balanced team. Is it as balanced on court as it appears on paper?
5: It is, Dave. We're, we're really fortunate. Um, we've got a, a really good post player in Aaron Jones who, who also plays volleyball. She actually joined us late,
0: yeah. um, was,
5: was conference player of the year in, in volleyball for us. Um, and it took her a couple games to kind of get going, but she's a really, really strong inside presence. Um, and then we've got a bunch of kids that can just light it up from the three. Um, and then we've got a couple of kids that really attack it well. So, you know, our pieces really fit well together. Um, and it would be – I i wouldn't want to scout us. Um, <laughs> it's just we've, we've got a lot of kids that can score on any given night. And, you know, I think the the best thing about our team is we're really unselfish and so it, we don't know who it's going to be each night it's just going to happen and we're really fortunate um, to have a bunch of kids that can score the ball
0: talking to Bob Amesbury here head coach of the Wartburg women's basketball team in his 20th career season right now in his 11th season at Warburg. by the way coach congratulations on win 300 in your career won a few games back that's a pretty significant um, milestone in your career
5: uh, thanks. It it means I'm getting old. I think <laughs> um, I've lost quite a few games too. I think. Yeah. I, I don't have a number on it. I, I do. No, ex- I, it's on the it,
0: screen. Ironically enough.
5: <laughs> it uh, you know it, it allowed me to reflect on a lot of things and um, you know back where when I started somebody gave me a chance and um fortunately that's turned out to be a pretty good life um i I can't imagine doing anything else than working with young people and seeing them grow and you know running into them later in life with kids and families and uh it's been rewarding
0: now that's the part that will make you feel old
5: uh, yeah, when, when <laughs> I start recruiting somebody's kid that played for me, then it's that then will it's getting toward the end. Yeah, that will <laughs>
0: officially be the point where you've gone past no man's land, or uh, with the point of no return. Yeah. Um, hey, let me talk about the schedule here because I, I want to compare the two seasons and, and just chat with you about what you think. Okay. Um, last year we talked about that the, that group of games in the beginning or in the middle. Semi middle, around the third mark, December and Christmas, where you had those big games. And then you had a couple others in there. And so you had a great SOS. You had great results versus region ranked opponents. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Nothing against what your schedule is this year, but you don't have what seems like that same oomph. And I know it's, and I'm not asking about your scheduling necessarily, but yes, we have Southern Maine in there. We have William Smith, not bad, certainly, and obviously all the conference foes. You have extra games now in conference, <laughs> which affects that. You've lost two because of Nebraska Wesleyan coming in. My question yep. to you, though, is, so last year you guys could fall back on that schedule a little bit and get in as an at-large. This yep. year, you may not be able to do that. Does that add some pressure? Maybe the team's not aware of it, but I'm maybe you haven't thought about it either, but this is what I do. Have you does it add any pressure to knowing you've got a little less wiggle room now?
5: You know, I don't really think about it because even last year, I mean, when you're going through it, you don't think about, or you shouldn't, you shouldn't think about, well, what if this happens or that happens and who we're playing? We we just focus on today. Um, you know, and and we do have Wash U coming to our tournament in December. So hopefully we get a, we get to face them on day two of that. Oh, um, very cool.
0: Oh yes. Oh yeah. Because I got a TBA sitting on the thirtieth. Yeah. Right. Yep. So yep. so they are coming.
5: Um, but a lot of the teams that on our schedule are carry over carryovers from a year ago. Oh sure. And yep. then and then we did lose two games. Yep. Um, with Nebraska Wesleyan coming in, um, and then tournaments, you just you don't know who you are going to play. <laughs> That's true. Um, and, and frankly, I. Typically set this, set our schedule up about eighteen months in advance. Exactly. So yeah. this schedule was done before last year was ever played. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <laughs> you just don't know. Yeah, and, um, I, and
0: again, I'm not trying to say I'm asking nothing about how you schedule because I, I know how that yeah. all can happen. I'm just looking at how different it ends up being and whether that's got to change any of the mentality uh, moving
2: uh, forward.
5: You know, I I don't think it does. We just we just prepare for what's in front of us and. Um, I mean, you know, you just got to win, yeah, and that's the bottom line. You just got to keep winning, and um, you know, we do know that we have one way in, and that's to win our conference tournament. And everything we're doing right now is to prepare for the next day, and and we'll take that when it
0: comes. Talking to Bob Amesbury, wrapping things up here with the Warburg women's basketball coach. Again, the team is off to a seven and zero start, three and zero in conference action. After last year's incredible twenty-three and eight run, Uh, and and again you you ran all the way to the semifinals, and obviously took on one of the better teams in the country in Tufts. That wasn't you know didn't seem like a close game when you look at thirteen points, but that was a good game. That was close. Are are you able to use that game in motivational ways? Are you able? Is a team maybe gain confidence from a game like that going into this season?
5: You know, I I think. More than just the game, I think the whole NCAA tournament experience. Yeah. Um, you know the the five games we played in. Um, you you can't replicate that, and until you get experience, you don't have experience. And to be in those situations, our our team right now um, is different because of that. They know what it's like. They they know what the level is. Um, they've they've Competed at that level and competed well, and that's given us a lot of confidence. Um, Sometimes you just have to realize that you can do something and then you can do it. Yeah. You know, and and so this team's confident. They play together, they know what it takes, um, and a lot of that is because of. Our experience in March,
0: and finally, how does this uh, conference season work itself out? What What do you expect out of the IIAC? Obviously, you're on top at three and zero, along with Luther and Buena Vista. Uh, Central's one and one, Dubuque's one and two, Coe's one and two, and the rest of the way. What do you expect out of this conference this year? This newfangled conference, now that Nebraska Wesleyan is a full time member.
5: You know, it's a little different. We uh, we didn't start conference play until after. After January first last year, yeah. and so we've you know three games under our belt already. You know, I was just hoping to get through those three. Um, fortunately, we we won all three, and um, you know, because early in the year, I, I, our first conference game was on November thirtieth, and that's that's early in the season. Yeah. You know, most teams would rather not play a conference foe that early, but. That's the way it's set up. And fortunately we got through that little stretch, and uh, we we've, we've got to get better here in these next few weeks as we prepare for the league. It's you know I, the Iowa Conference is always um, really interesting. There there's scores that surprise you every week, um, and I think that's a testament to the coaches in our league. Um, all of the teams are very well coached. There's some very very good players. Um, there, there's never a gimme on our schedule in, in our league play, and I think that makes our, us better. It makes our whole league better.
0: Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us and talk about the team, the conference, last season, et cetera. I really do appreciate the time. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Certainly going to keep an eye on the Knights. Uh, you got a nice trip to Fort Lauderdale coming up. I know you'll enjoy that uh, before coming home and, and, and having your own tournament. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
5: You know, I just want to thank you again, Dave, for doing what you do. I know, you know, you put a lot of time into this, and I was just talking to somebody the other day about, um, oh, Nathan Ford, who's writing for you guys. I think.
4: Yeah.
5: I saw him last night, and and we talked about what if D three hoops didn't exist. Mm -hmm. What would what would um, Division three basketball be like? And I think it'd be a lot different. And So what you guys have done to promote our sport, um, we can't thank you enough.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. It uh, makes it a lot easier when coaches are willing, like yourself, to come on the show as well and talk about their team. So thank you very much as well. Good luck and happy holidays. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Bob Amesbury joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline, sponsored by the City of Salem. Of course, team is off to a 7-0 start, as we mentioned. Looking forward to seeing what the Knights can do. Um, Got their game coming up against non-Division 3, Viterborough coming up on Saturday. Then they'll take a a week, a little over a week off, go to Fort Lauderdale, play Southern Maine and William Smith. Should be two good games there, to be honest. Then return home after Christmas, play Hamlin, and as Mm -hmm. Coach mentioned, Wash U sitting on the other side of that bracket. Hopefully they'll play Wash U. Quick scoring update before we take a break. Mapson and Amherst headed to overtime. It's 39-36, but i got to read you a couple stats because it's pretty impressive. Both teams are 13 from 30 from the floor. Both have taken 30 shots. Both have hit 13 shots. Both teams have hit taken 14 three pointers. The difference is Babson's hit six, Amherst has hit four. Free throws, Babson's a perfect seven for seven. Amherst is six for seven. That's your difference in this game outside the fact that Amherst has 10 turnovers the Babson's five, and Babson scored 11 points to Amherst six off those turnovers. For Babson, Flannery is six for 10 with 21 points, four for six from deep. He is 5-for-5 from the free-throw line. For Amherst, they are led by Jay Dawson, 6-of-12, 0-for-3 from deep, 16 points. It's going to be a good game, and we will be talking to the winning coach coming up on here on Hoopsville. Going to take another break. When we come back, we will be talking to another women's basketball coach, this team, though, flying a little bit under the radar. It is the women's basketball coach from Rochester Tech. What has she got up her sleeve? Why are they off to their program's best start? And maybe are they underrated by the voters? Talk to Amy Reed coming up. You listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA and NA, WBCA ABC studios. More Hoopsville after this.
4: I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. and now everyone else is speechless.
6: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade from Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
4: We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division III schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change, it's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Thursday edition. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsill at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com/Hoopsville. All scrolling. On the bottom of your screen. Of course, we are on Instagram, though promotional reasons mainly. We don't tend to interact during show there. But if you want to follow us there, find out who our guests are or find out what else we're doing, where we may be going. Sometimes we post our travel pics. You can go there at D3 Hoopsville as well using the hashtag Hoopsville. I um, want to thank uh, Wartburg's head coach for joining us there. We're staying with the women's basketball theme, but we're jumping across the country and heading into upstate New York, specifically the Rochester area. Talk to our next team. Have you looked at the... Rochester Tech women's basketball team lately they're off to the program's best start ever and apparently and i say this jokingly our top 25 voters on the women's side haven't noticed 7 and 0 start their biggest uh, their big win they've got one over St. John Fisher they beat Nazareth this season they went out to California beat Occidental and Whittier and they just got a win over Buffalo State. 7-0 and start, but that's where things get a little bit more interesting. So we figured this would be the perfect time to talk to their head coach because they're about to not play for a little while. Joining us on the Salem of, City of Salem hotline is Coach Amy Reed of RIT. Coach, welcome to Hoopso.
3: Thanks for having me, Dave.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations. 7-0, and nothing to sneeze at no matter what your schedule might be.
3: Uh thank you very much. It's definitely been uh a great start for for our program. Um certainly uh on paper 7 and 0 no looks 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 really good. Um but I I tell my friends and family that uh, we haven't we haven't even played to our potential yet. So that's mm. uh both um uh, both frustrating as a, as a coach and also exciting because I feel like we have a, a lot of things that we can improve upon and uh we're not peaking not anywhere close to peaking yet. So I think that's um that's exciting because you, you certainly don't want to play your best basketball early. Sure. Um, you want to be able to um, you know, play play well into February and March.
0: Um, interesting. I, I will also argue that a lot of coaches say that whether they're playing well or good, but I certainly I know what you're saying. Um, you see more in this team than they've been producing so far, and yet you've had some interesting games. You started the season with a big win over Brockport um, at, at, by eight points. Then you went and played Occidental on the road. Um, beat them by two, then stayed out in L.A. and beat Whittier by f- almost 50. Um, and that's just a microcosm right there of kind of low-scoring games to start, then a high-scoring game, then had another high-scoring game against Allegheny, and then he kind of came back, then another high-scoring game, then a low-scoring game. You've kind of been all over the place.
3: Yeah, that's kind of been the theme so far. Um, you know, the first couple of games uh, we had we had some trouble finding an offensive flow. We were certainly playing really good defense, as you could see from the numbers, but uh, we just couldn't quite find a flow on offense. Um, but then we kind of broke that open when we played uh, when we played Whittier, and then it continued on through through Allegheny. Um, but uh, you know, we've really been focusing on um, having our defense lead to our offense. Uh, we did have that one outlier game where we gave up 80 points and we played uh, St. John Fisher's, who's a very good team. Um, so, you know, uh, aside from that, though, we've been holding teams in the 50s, and, and we've been sort of emphasizing that that's, uh, you know, holding teams to the mid-50s is going to lead to better offense for us.
0: I was going to say, I mean, defense certainly, um, a lot of people say will win championships but and certainly can drive the ship. You're averaging 56 points a game defensively and scoring 74 points a game. Is there that big a difference? Is a team really buying in defensively, but that good offense? Just kind of seeing one of those early season numbers scenarios
3: you know I think um, I think it's a little bit of both uh, I think. Defensively, uh, last year, if, if you look at our conference statistics, we were kind of middle of the pack, kind of lower lower mm-hmm. end in terms of points, the points that we allowed. Um, so we really sort of made a concerted effort this year to really emphasize defense more. We made some tweaks to our to our half court man to man defense and some pressing that we do, um, uh, some things that we haven't done in the past that the kids are really buying into. Um, so I think that's that's helped a lot. Um, and we do like to push the ball in transition. So we, we always tell them, you know, if you can get a great stop, then push the ball in transition, and that's, that's what we do the best. So, um, you know, not to give too much away about what we do, but I know there's tape out there on, on us, obviously, <laughs> but that's kind of what we do. So um, uh, that's what we've been emphasizing to our players.
0: Coach, you didn't know this show. We, we break down everybody. We, we want to give every other coach the advantage just by listening <laughs> to this show. Uh, <laughs> we don't even break down video.
3: Um, but,
0: no, I see your point. Uh, obviously, we, we don't want to give away too much, but I think the biggest thing to take away from this is the youth on this team um you know you guys have been building this squad for for a little bit but it it seems like you've kind of kind of hit the diamond in the rough as it were a little bit and one of those players in particular would be tara lynch obviously had a big breakout season last year was named conference and d3 hoops all region rookie of the year Mm -hmm. um and in the last two games she's been a scoring machine accounting for 66 total points back-to-back 33 point games which is already the second highest in program history not to mention she's now Mark hit her career best. But she's still got two and a half seasons left.
3: Yeah. Oh I mean that's that's super exciting. And Tara, you know, she's only six foot tall, which I mean is still tall, but uh she's she's not um you know, she's a little undersized in my opinion, at, at her at her position. Um she might even be five eleven, you know how in program height it's uh-huh, it's more. Yeah,
0: but maybe five ten.
3: But she's, she's pretty, you know, when she gets the ball with her back to the basket, um, you know, it's, she's pretty deadly, and she and she finishes. And what's nice about having her down there is we do have a lot of guards who can shoot the three, so teams aren't really doubling her as much because they know that, you know, she's capable of kicking it out and finding her open shooters. So um, it's, it's really been, um, she's been our go-to person. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we, we kind of had a few games where our offense wasn't flowing, and we're still trying to kind of figure that out right now. And so we just, when our offense isn't working, we just pound the ball inside and she just cleans up. So it's kind of, kind of nice to have that, um, plan B just in case your, your offense isn't working.
0: Oh, by the way, a mechanical engineering major too. So, yeah. uh, got a bit of a brains on her shoulders. Um, uh, you've just got two seniors on this team and Julia Bender and Taylor Burns. Um, so there's a lot of youth, quite a few juniors. So you're kind of mm-hmm. building still, and we, I should say a third senior too, because, uh, you have Ashley a grad, Mattesso, yeah. yeah, you got a, you know, she's a graduate student. Um, so, in reality, this is a great season. Last year was a great season. But it's really this program feels like it's building towards something maybe even bigger.
3: I, you know, I, I, I hope that's the case. I think. Um I believe back 2013-14 is, is, when we, uh, made it to the first, uh, conference playoff game. Uh, we had some players like Courtney Tennant, who was, uh, who was Rookie of the Year that year, and a few other really solid players that really kind of got the ball rolling in terms of our program becoming more successful. Um, and then, uh, we, we just started creating a culture here and, um, recruiting the type of players, um, you know, that are not only uh, great basketball players, but great people. Um, they're very coachable, and that's made my job a lot easier. So there's a very specific type of, of uh, student-athlete that we recruit here. And on top of that, you have to be a really good student. So um, there's there's a small window there, but we we certainly um, are always on the lookout for the, for the perfect fit.
0: Your top three scores who are in double figures. Two of them are sophomores. One of them is a junior. We mentioned Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 18.5 points a game, 4.5 rebounds a game. and shoots, by the way, a dangerous 57% mm-hmm. from the floor. Um, but then you have Jessica Glass, uh, 15 points a game. You have Corey Okada, uh, 11 points a game. And then another junior, and Amanda Olson at 7 points a game. All of them solid rebounders as well. And, of course, uh, Okada has the team's leading um, number in assists. So, again, a couple seniors on this team but it's not necessarily them. It's kind of the youth of this team. How much is this youth building on what you had last year?
3: Um, I think... (laughs) I think it's, I think it's really exciting that we have a, that we have a relatively young team um, and I've kind of uh, made a promise to myself that I would never say again as a head coach that oh hey we're young this year that's why that's why we're maybe not doing as well but because I think it's sort of our responsibility as coaches to make sure that okay right now uh, Jess Glaz is a, is a junior and, and Tar is a sophomore well we need to be looking for kids that are just as good as them if not better to replace them like right now um, and we've brought in some freshmen this year that are very good players. They haven't really seen a whole lot of time yet, but I think they will um, come January. Uh, like Brooke Stanley, a kid from uh, Minnesota as a freshman, and she, she's just a very good athlete. She's just a, a very good all-around player, and I, and I really think that... Um, down the stretch she could she could maybe be as good as Jess Um, and same with Emily Nunez from California she's a she's a freshman uh, guard can really really shoot the three Um, hasn't seen a ton of minutes yet but is is kind of I I think she's going to see more um, as we go into our conference play Um, so just really and then and then Charlotte Myers who is um, super athletic she's a post player and it'd be great to be able to see her play alongside of Tara and eventually kind of fill her shoes as she gets older
0: seven games down program best start 7-0 and just got that win as we mentioned on the road at Buffalo State won the last two uh well actually technically the last three on the road Nazareth was played at, at Rochester um and then you played St. John Fisher on the road in Buffalo State on the road but here's the cr- crazy thing you're taking 24 days off um the difference between games the next one's not until a conference games december 30th at rip or rpi sorry Mm -hmm. um that's a significant amount of time off granted there's a lot that goes into that was that by design did that just kind of happen
3: well, a couple of things, uh, things happened. One is that our, our students are currently um, getting ready to start taking finals yeah. at RIT. So uh, we try not to schedule um, too many games that are close to the weekend before finals because it, it is a pretty rigorous academic environment here, and we want to be cognizant yeah. of that. Um, and then we uh, had an interesting sort of um, change in our schedule where we, we are play, actually playing two conference games in yeah. December, which doesn't usually happen. Yeah, interesting is um, a good word. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the way, and Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, I believe. So it's, yep. it was hard to kind of bring the bring them back the day after, even because it's just with travel and kids coming from all over the country, it's just difficult. So, um, so yeah, we have a significant amount of time off. We're actually today we're um, and for the rest of the week, the first half of practice is all breaking down film and watching film and figuring out how we can get better. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of shooting. The kids, kids are still in the weight room. Next week is finals, so we're. Um, you know we're, we're being cognizant of that, but we're also going to get them in there two, three days next week and um, probably do like a little intra squad scrimmage and just let them let them play a little bit and and just try to stay fresh because you're right it is a it is a long time off and we want to make sure we're not giving them too much time off.
0: Yeah, I was going to say three and a half. Well, yeah, roughly three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a significant chunk. It, it how I mean I, I don't even know the right question to ask, but is it? Do you worry that this 7-0 start is going to disappear because of that break? Is it maybe a benefit because at the same time you kind of reset things a little bit? I mean, at what point do you worry that the team's going to kind of lose what it's gained?
3: You know, I think uh, one of the things that I've never been a big fan of coaching is is coaching effort and coaching enthusiasm and being a cheerleader like i i think yeah. that that has to come from within and and our players are are very much like that they're very they they're they're self-motivators um You know, they do things on their own. Like, we, we don't, we don't do a lot of shooting drills at practice. We, we work a lot on tact, uh, tactical things and, and, um, game situation, things like that. But they, they take a lot of time to, uh, you know, shoot three, four hundred shots a week on their own, shooting a hundred free throws a week on their own. So they're very self-driven that way, uh, which is another reason why I think, um, we've been so successful because they, they do put their gym rats, they put in the time. So I'm not concerned because I know that they will do that. Um, and then when we get back, it's just kind of, Look, we've got three days to practice, and then we travel and we play RPI and Skidmore, which is going to be a tough road trip. Um, You know, both those teams are pretty good teams. So um, we need to be ready to go. And I think even though you want your players to treat every game equally and it doesn't matter if you're playing – you know a team that 's across town or if it 's the first game of your conference season, but i think I think it 's fair to say that every every um, player in America plays a little bit harder in their first conference game um just because it, it you know it matters so much, not that they all don 't matter, but I think yeah. they're they 're kind of gamers that way they, they'll they 'll step up and and realize hey, this is really important you got
0: to ask about those conference games though. we got a hint last year about about a year in advance when we talking to a, a men 's team in the conference talking about how his first games are going to be December 30th and 31st. Um, I realize conference scheduling can be challenging, but this almost seems ridiculous um, to some extent, either if you really need to play it that early, then throw it maybe, you know, at the beginning of December, just for the heck of it, um, if you really need to get it done. But to play two conference games shortly after what everybody's taking Christmas breaks, it thwarts you giving any chance of doing out a conference tournament or something Around that time, which is very popular, not to mention, in fact, if you don't want to do that conference tournament, as you said, you got to bring these students back shortly after the holidays with their families and get them ready for two very important games. You can make an argument that non-conference games aren't as important that time of year, whereas Mm -hmm. the conference games that can dictate how the rest of the season is going to play out.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely challenging. Uh, and there was, <laughs> our, our commissioner does a great job and he, uh, there were so many different models that we looked at and this was the only one that was even remotely acceptable. So, uh, you know, it just kind of this year we kind of have to do, deal with it and, do, and make the best of it. And, um, you know, uh, next year it probably won't be that way. I don't think it is that way next year, but, um, You know, we just have to bring them back. And uh, we have a great strength and conditioning coach, so he sends them programming to do while they're home. And, and again, they're so self-driven, our kids, that I know that they're going to take care of business when they're home and not just sit around for two and a half weeks. So, um, you know, when they come back, we'll see, I guess.
0: Was there talk? Was there debate? I mean, you you hinted at it there that there was lots of other models there. What is the – is it just a quirk in the calendar this year that it's being played that soon? I felt like we had – the usual length of time in January and February am I am I mistaken looking at the calendar that that was you're playing conference games the rest of the way there's no way to get this these other games in at another time Do you normally play maybe in earlier December period of time?
3: Um, in the past, I, I think we had played early, in early December, but one of the one of the reasons why um, early December is out, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the, uh, for a long time, uh, the Rochester area had a, a really big Division Three tournament oh, yeah. that was the three Wendy's games and five. Yeah, the Wendy's yeah. Classic, three games and five days. Uh, that, ter- that tournament has since dissolved, uh, yeah. but it but it now has become a two day classic tournament. Um, so we just like we just played Naz and Fisher back to right. back, Friday Saturday. So now there's only four teams involved so that's kind of like been a standing agreement that we're going to have this tournament on that weekend so don't schedule anything else um so that i guess i guess we kind of ruin it for everybody by doing that tournament that weekend but um you know but i i don't know i i don't know if it's the just the date that christmas falls on this year i'm not really sure
0: just a, an oddity, and just again, an odd year, yeah. I mean, we had Skidmore men's basketball at the D3Hoops.com Classic, and I mean that eliminates them from ever thinking of coming out there if that's the timing. And so, you know, that's just it, again, just kind of interesting. Uh, we were play, he was playing non-conference games on those two, on at least one of those dates when yeah. he's going to be playing conference. So, I find it rather fascinating. So, thank you for at least trying to break it down for us. Um, again, twenty-four days off, and then you'll kind of get back into conference play. How do you see this conference uh, shaking out this year?
3: you know this is a tough conference yeah. um i uh, and if you look at um if you look at the records right now i don't think everyone's record is indicative of how they're how they're playing um if you look at strength of schedules too um some teams may be like 500 or below but yeah. they're also playing teams in the NESCAC. they're playing other teams that are really solid top 25 teams um so i think that um you know it's going to be tough top to bottom um and uh, it, it'll be hard to say like, who, the, who the top four will be at the end of the year because I, I think it's just going to be uh, really competitive.
0: Um, last year, again, all the way to the conference championship game, have a magical season, 20-7. and seven. Unfortunately, lose to Clarkson, nail-biter at the end, two points. Obviously, that brought the entire season to a close. Are You guys, do you feed off that a little bit? Is that any part of the motivation to the start of this season, or has that been forgotten and you've moved on?
3: Well, I think you know last year obviously was a historic year. We did we had a really, really great season, and like you said, unfortunately it did end at that championship game for the Liberty League. But I, I definitely think because we pretty much have everybody back this year. I mean, we did lose we did lose, lose Maria Edwards, our point guard. It, it was a big loss for us in terms of leadership on the floor, and she was our starting point guard. But you know, with Corey uh, Corey Okado being a sophomore and being our third leading scorer and just doing a nice job, I mean, um, you know, we're picking up where we left off in terms of like having all the returners back so i think there's momentum from last season certainly i think there's sort of um like hey like we uh we can get there again we've been there before we can do it again and and that sort of motivation um and you know looking at our record last year we had seven losses and three of those losses were were to the same team which is kind of uh crazy if you think about it that way um so you know we're definitely we're definitely ready um to uh get in that situation again and, and hopefully make it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history.
0: Yeah, it certainly would be fascinating to watch. Again, 7-0 start, hottest start in program history. I've checked both the D3 Hoops top, top 25 and I've checked the WBCA top 25. You haven't received a single vote. Uh, I know sometimes coaches don't care, but does that kinda, is, is that kind of driving you guys a little bit? Are you frustrated with the fact that you're not being recognized? Again, it's not like it's just a 7-0 and start. It's Mm -hmm. program's best ever, and you've got a couple wins on there that are pretty good.
3: You know, I think uh, I'm not really necessarily bothered by it. I know our players, our, our players are not really focused on that. We're just we're really focused on uh, literally one quarter of basketball at a time. Because we know that we're underachieving right now and we're, we haven't reached our potential and there's a lot of things that we could be doing better, um, we're really focusing on getting better at practice every day and winning each quarter. That's one thing that we really yeah. emphasize is, did we win the quarter? I think women's basketball going to four quarters is the best thing that's happened for the game. I think it's been great for the game. Um, and so... So we're really focusing on that one quarter at a time, one game at a time. And and if we can continue to improve every day, the rest, you know, the rankings will take care of themselves. You know, come January, that, that might be different. And if it is great, that's great for a program, but it's really not our focus. Um, last year, uh, it was really exciting to get that top 25. Uh, we, I think we were number 23 last year for, a, for like a week or two and got some votes other weeks, which was really exciting for the program. Um, and when your program receives recognition like that, obviously, it, it helps with recruiting, it helps with your exposure and and i think that certainly has, has helped us
0: uh you played at marshall for four years in d1 you are now coaching at rit for nine years it's sense that you found your niche a little bit but what was what has been the biggest thing that you've adjusted to from the playing days in a d1 program mid-major to d3 and and uh, mid-major might be kind for the liberty as well
3: you know, I th- I first of all I love coaching division 3. Um I think like you said I have found my niche. Um I love the fact that uh, the players are here because they want to be here. They're here to get an education. They're not um you know, they're not on athletic scholarships. So, you know, um you have an opportunity to really get to know the kids to um get to understand them to develop relationships with them to so that if you retain them for 4 years it's because you you did something right you know or at the division 1 level you know sometimes uh you know you might have a player for one or two years and they transfer or maybe they don't make it yeah. um so i just really feel like you get to uh be a part of their their whole experience rather than just hey this is a business we got to win or we're going to get fired kind of deal um so um <laughs> so i really i really enjoy that r i t is an amazing school um it really uh in my opinion is easy to recruit to r i t because of the academic um because of the academic situation that we provide we have like over a ninety percent job placement rate so um you know i think that's a really good selling point for for us from an academic standpoint uh we r i t is more global now so uh, we everybody knows about about us so um you know we actually have players reaching out to us more so now than, than the other way around, which is kind of nice. And I think part of that is because of the school, obviously, because we're a good school, but obviously um, the other part would be that we've had some success in the past few years and, and done some good things.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Certainly impressive to see what your team is off to. I will be very interested to see. I think you may be taking more time off than you've played this season, actually, now that I think about it. But I'll be fascinating to see how you come out and obviously get into conference play. Good luck. Congratulations on a tremendous start. Thank you for taking the time to join us. As always, though, we'll give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in?
3: Uh, well, first of all, thanks, Dave, for, for um, taking the time to talk to me. I think that if this team can reach its potential, we could, we could be scary good, I think. Um, but right now we're, we're remaining humble and, and realizing that, hey, we have a lot of things we need to fix and work on. And like I said, one quarter at a time, one game mm-hmm. at a time, and, and uh, see what happens.
0: Very good. Well, thank you so much once again. Uh, good luck. Uh, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. All right. Amy Reed joining us here on the Hoop Souls Hotline presented by the City of Salem. Appreciate her taking the time. Again, teams taking 24 days off, or they're in the middle of that, uh, and they will get going into conference play on December 31st. Uh, or 30th, I should say, 1st, and then 31st. They'll ring in the new year with two games in conference action, those games coming up against RPI and Skidmore, again, the final weekend of 2016. When we come back, we'll continue our whip around the country, talking Division Three basketball. Up next, we'll uh, go a little south, head into the mid-Atlantic region and switch to men's basketball. Swarthmore having another great season, not off to as great a start as last year, only because we haven't played as many games as of yet, but they're nationally ranked for the first time. We'll talk to the Garnets men's basketball program coming up here on Hoopsville. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville right after this.
5: This is our, it's on us pledge. It's on us to make a personal commitment to help keep all people safe from sexual assault, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, or ability, not to be bystanders to the problem, but to be leaders of the solution. We invite you to join us in this campaign by informing your campuses about the It's On Us mission.
6: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Cheer for the stumbles.
1: The he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Thursday edition. We're keeping an eye on uh, Amherst versus Babson. We'll give you some scoring updates later in the show as we continue to watch that one. Don't forget the winner of the Amherst Babson number one versus number two game coming up here on Hoopsville. We'll talk to the winning coach live on the show later on. If you got any questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Of course, we're on Instagram as well, at D3 Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville, though we don't interact during the show. That's how you can find out what guests are on the show, when our next show is, for that matter, and, of course, uh, and where we might be headed with the show as we were last week in at Roanoke College. Again, thanks to WBCA and NABC for their support and, of course, D3 Hoops as well. Uh, we're going to switch gears, go from women's basketball now to men's basketball. We've headed from upstate New York down to northeastern, or I should say southeastern Pennsylvania to talk to our next coach. Uh, off to another terrific start. I had a voice, if you read my blog recently, you'll, you'll know that I had a voice in, the, in my ear in the preseason going, hey, Swarthmore's going to win the conference. And I went, okay. I mean, they were pretty good last year. I thought they lost a little bit. Are we sure? Yes, they're gonna win. Okay, we'll see how they start. Well, they're off to a seven and zero start. It's not their best start in program history because last year they started nine and zero. We got to get a couple more games under their belt to figure out if they can best what they did last season. But they certainly were in the conversation most of the time last year. And Coach uh, Landry Kosmowski has turned that program around. They may be here for the long run, which is bad news if you're an F and M fan in the Centennial Conference. Joining us on the City of Salem's hotline is Coach Landry kozmoski from the number two, first ever ranked top twenty-five Swarthmore Garnets. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville.
7: Oh, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: First and foremost, you know, even after a tremendous start last season, didn't really get into the top twenty-five this year. You're in the top twenty-five, ranked number twenty-two this week. That had to be a, a pretty special moment for the program.
7: Yeah, I mean it's it's. Um... I think we've shown a lot of progress over the years, so we were um, happy to hear that, but at the same time, you know, staying grounded in what our team goals are and not getting too caught up in what other people want or expect from us.
0: <laughs> no, I can understand that entirely. Um, just because your rank doesn't mean anything outside of, uh, well, it means something outside the program. doesn't necessarily mean something in the program. But you look at it, started the season with wins over Penn State, Abington, and Centenary. Then you got into conference play and got a win over Washington College. I got a chance to see Washington College, and I know Navy played them, and I've called some games for Navy and, and gotten some notes on it. Washington's got a really tough press. How'd you guys work your way through that in what was definitely a tight game?
7: Yeah, you know, I said to I think Washington's made a huge strides this year. Yeah. Um, Aaron's doing a great job, and their guys play incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, and they play a lot of guys, yeah, they so do. they have good energy um, and good unselfishness. So, yeah, we were definitely concerned about the game, and they gave us fits. Um as far as handling the press, uh hasn't been our strong suit uh yet this year. That's not giving away any secrets. I mean you can you can take a look at our, our yeah. stats and see that. But uh we're definitely getting better at it. Um just find the balance between uh, you know, handling it versus attacking it. Um and yeah, Washington did a great job. We just we had a lot of poise and I think again, we just always go back to as long as we get stops defensively, um, consistently, we we you know think we can handle anything on the offensive end.
0: Of course, you got to travel to Washington College in late January, one of the toughest places to play, uh, so that's still the go. You, I got another win uh, on the road at Misericordia, who's turning out to be a pretty good team, maybe the class of the, of the Freedom Conference. Uh, got a win over Muhlenberg and Dickinson, and then a hard-fought win over Ursinus. You guys had to come from behind a couple times in that game. against, As you mentioned, Washington College much improved. Ursinus is much improved. Uh, how tough was that battle Wednesday night?
7: yeah our sinus has a has a lot of talent a lot of pieces uh guys you know good depth um good length uh so we were definitely you know concerned going in but um and we didn't play our best half of basketball in the first half but i think second half we we kind of kept the pressure on by pushing the ball and then at the end of the game uh, got a lot of big stops and made some big plays and I think it just kind of shows we we've had some guys playing from their freshman year now they're juniors and seniors. They know, uh, they know how to win games at the end, when two, three years ago uh, we didn't know how to do that.
0: Uh, so off to that 7-0 and start, as we mentioned, team best 9-0. and uh, We'll see if you can match that before the holiday break. You've got your tournament coming up a uh, mm-hmm. week and a half from now, 17th and 18th. You'll take on a pretty tough Rowan squad, and then lurking on the other side are two decent squads in Roanoke and Averett. What do you expect, especially after 10 days off, Uh, As you guys go through your finals, a bit, I believe, uh, what do you expect from that Rowan game, especially?
7: Um, We're going to have to be ready. I mean, as you mentioned, coming out of finals is a uh, is a challenge for us and for any uh, school. I think any program uh, at this level, and um, we're going to have to be ready because they do. Rowan does play fast and they press, and it's something again. We're we're looking forward to that challenge to be attacking pressure and. you know, again, I think they play fast offensively. From what I understand, I mean, again, we just played last night, so I haven't quite seen film of them yet. But uh, I think they're playing really fast, and we're going to have to, um, again, coming out of finals, really match their speed and intensity.
0: Um, you've got three seniors on this squad, but if you look at the uh, top, tw- the top scorers, the top three are in double figures, and none of them are seniors. Cam Wiley, Zach Yonda, uh, and Henry Cosano. Cousineau. Yep. Cousineau, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Wiley at 16.5 points a game, Yonda at t- nearly 13 points a game, Cousineau at 11 points a game, Both of, all three of them 4.5 plus rebounds a game on top of that. You then hit your senior and Chris Bourne, fourth on the team at 8.6 points a game and a team high, or almost a team high, 6.4 rebounds a game. You know, when you took over this program, you had a lot to oh. do. Swarthmore had to dig up dig a little bit to kind of get back into the conversation certainly got back there this year you got to be thrilled that you're or last year i should say you got to be thrilled you're still in the conversation this year and with youth
7: yeah well you you mentioned our three seniors and i think uh those are the guys when we talked about getting this thing going those are are the first class that we brought in ourselves and um chris sam and mike have been great Over the four years and leading us, and you know, especially as you mentioned, our young guys—they've been showing them how we like to do things from day one—and had a big impact on how those young guys are performing right now.
0: Um, Obviously, that's where the stats don't necessarily tell the whole story. Uh, Born, we said fourth on the team in scoring. Uh, You mentioned Sam; he's uh, at 5.1 points a game and and played in all, but. I'll play in every game, started six of them. Mike, you mentioned, has only played in one so far. Sometimes it's the role players, though, especially upperclassmen, that make a difference. What's been their message to the team?
7: Well, I, I think it's uh, it, kind of what you're saying. You're going through our stats. I mean, we're, we've got guys that, I mean, our, I think our leading rebound has changed like three or four times this year where, um, you know, it's really someone different every night, and that's scoring, rebounding, block shots defensively. Uh, I think that's really. In a nutshell, our strength is that it's kind of it's a very even, um, balanced attack, uh, offensively and then defensively. Guys just playing their roles and being a part of a five-man unit, and I think that's why we rebound well and we defend well. Um, so I think that that you know our seniors have shown that unselfishness and a willingness to give up you know maybe personal stats for the good of the team.
4: As
0: I mentioned, two non-conference games coming up a week and a half from now, and then you'll uh, take a holiday break and come back to non-conference games. At Hood, who's playing very good this season. At Catholic, who's always uh, in the Mid-Atlantic, a mainstay in in terms of a tough team to play, especially at their place. But then you'll get back in a conference play. and I think the conference is a little bit of an interesting beast this season. Um, F&M maybe not as big and bad as everyone thought they were going to be. Uh, some other teams have kind of fallen off. Uh, McDaniel has struggled a little bit to start the season. Um, Gettysburg took a loss at Washington College, but then you got Washington and her Sinus back in the mix. What do you make as one in the conference of what the Centennial is going to play out like this year?
7: Well, you know, uh, to be honest, if you're ask, probably asking the wrong guy, <laughs> our assistant coach uh, Brendan can tell you. I, I don't really keep up with what's going on other than what we've got right ahead of us. And I know sure. that sounds like a, like a line, but I, I don't know the conference standings right now because I don't right. check. Um I probably should more often, but um, you know, we kind of just stay focused on the day to day. And I do know just from the little I've seen, I mean, again, we've played Washington. I know how well they're playing. We played her sign last night. They're incredibly talented and motivated this year. And um I think, I don't know. I think there's a lot of parity in the conference. And from when I when I got here into the Cincinnati, you know, that's what all the coaches told me is it it kind of flip flops. You know, is F&M, is Dickinson, Hopkins. Um, you know, now you mentioned Ursinus is playing well, Washington is playing well. I'm sure F&M is going to um, start playing better. They're obviously missing a, a you know what should have been All American and Cedric Monet, and um, I think they're going to get things figured out. And uh, I think everyone's going to be tough, quite frankly.
0: Uh, You got to the conference championship game last year at FNM, lost that, did not make the NCAA tournament, did get to the ECACs and and play three games there. How big was it, the program, to get to that championship, and is that loss helping kind of push this team this year?
7: Um, Are you talking about the conference championship or the ECAC championship? Conference conference championship. Unfortunately lost in both.
0: Yeah, conference Um, championship primarily.
7: You know, I think we – I think we played almost as close to our potential last year as we could get into the conference championship. And not to say we couldn't have won it because we could have. Sure. Um, But but we just that was kind of the next uh, natural step for our program was we hadn't even been to the conference playoffs in 20 years, let alone the conference final. So we got to the final, weren't really prepared in that first half against F&M, and we played we you know valiant comeback in the second half, down 24 at halftime, we cut it to two. Uh, but, you know, we just we couldn't get over the hump. So uh, while we made strides last year, didn't get quite as far as we would have hoped, but at the same time, a, a, a good step in the right direction.
0: Obviously, Swarthmore, one of the well, – we don't necessarily have an Ivy League in Division Three, but they'd be up there if we had one. Uh, academics, certainly a priority, though they're a priority for all Division Three schools, but it's certainly a tough school to get into academically. You're kind of helping change the tide, as it were, athletically, as we talked to several coaches this season Kind of, we just talked to RIT's coach. Same mentality. We've seen what MIT can do. We've seen Caltech start to change things. How much has has you know the men's basketball success maybe trickled down to others, or have you been influenced by other other programs that are starting to succeed at Swarthmore?
7: Um, well, you know, the first part I'll just talk about the, the landscape of D three. I think it's different. Uh, coming from Division One, being at Davidson, I think yeah. at, at that level, the Ivy Leagues and, and the Davidsons, I think it's a, a, a bigger challenge to um, play with the big boys, so to speak, just because of the <laughs> amount of athleticism and talent around the country, and you know having those BCS programs. But uh, Division Three level, if you look historically, I mean, Amherst and Williams have been great. Middlebury has been great. Uh, MIT, in, in you know the last ten years, has been really good. I think there's a um, Greater percentage of, of high academic kids that are good players that are able to compete with some of the best players in the country. So, um, not all that surprising to me, just from being a history major and studying, you know, <laughs> the, the history of D three basketball. So, um, yet we're just fortunate we've been able to get some of those guys that those other programs have been getting over the years.
0: Yeah, you mentioned we talked about Davidson last year and the difference in how much you're, you've been enjoying the Division Three experience. We should mention you're out of Texas. Last winter was kind of harsh here on the Mid-Atlantic. Kind of a major blizzard dropped on everybody at one point. Do you ever miss going, miss the Texas weather?
7: I'm not a fan of the cold that I've gotten used to. You know, I think <laughs> play, living, living in Sweden for four years yeah, really helps. that helps, um, yep. But, uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned last winter. Last winter in Philly, anyway, was... Relatively mild. It was the two before that where that True. had me thinking about packing up because <laughs> there was a lot of snow. Um but it's 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 been fine. We've gotten used to it. Family loves it. It's a great area. Yeah, I
0: forgot you've spent quite a bit of time in Sweden, which is a beautiful part of the country, but it is uh it's a little dark this time of year and rather cold. Yeah.
7: The darkness is what gets you, definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Uh well coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh the garnet uh, obviously out to another tremendous start this season. Going to be fun to see how you guys play the rest of the way. Next weekend certainly will be interesting as well with your tournament. Uh, As always, we give uh, the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
7: Um, No, just thanks for having me. Appreciate everything you do for uh, D3 Hoops. And, um, you know, it's great being able to. Uh, get on and listen after games, or get on and check stats and uh, see how my coaching friends are doing, and <laughs> see how the our conference is doing. So, really appreciate everything you're doing.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. Good luck. Happy holidays, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm sure.
7: Okay. Thank you, Dave.
0: Larry Kalsmolsky joining us from Swarthmore again, the number two twenty-two ranked. Uh, Garnett. Uh, first time ever in program history in the D3Hoops.com Top 25. 7-0 start. Uh, again, uh, they're off right now because of finals. They will take on Rowan next Friday at 6 o'clock, and then on Saturday um, they will take on either Roanoke or Averett. Of course, those other teams will take on one of the others, too. That's how it works in those classics. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, jump into Ohio, talk to the number 3 ranked team in the country, Marietta Pioneers. Coach John Vanderwall joins me here on the show, you're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NBC Studios. Marietta and more coming up on Hoops
6: Hope. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do, we're at D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
4: For the love of the game, that's what it's all about they say. But for those of us who are Division Three student athletes, it's more than that.
1: It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent.
4: And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level. We understand that, with what we were given, comes a special obligation.
1: An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense.
4: That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes
1: and to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive.
4: Be part of it.
1: Get involved.
4: You can make a difference.
1: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the college basketball experience at Sprint Center. Welcome
0: back to Hoops, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Thursday edition. Back in studio, the WBCA ABC studios, of course, presented by D3Hoops.com. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, don't forget, coming up, we will talk to the winner of Amherst versus Babson, number one versus number two. Winning coach will join us here live on hoopsville that's all coming up we're still keeping an eye on that game amongst many other things going on on this early december evening Uh, if you've got questions for us tweet us at d3 hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com join us on facebook facebook.com slash hoopsville etc etc you know all those details Uh, i hope you're also enjoying our efforts to stream this uh simulcast this also on facebook live Maybe by this point, uh, it's not working, but we're hoping it's working nonetheless. This is a pre-tape segment, one of several so far today, but we hope you're enjoying them nonetheless. Going to switch, or not switch things necessarily, but going to kind of talk about the top of Division Three men's basketball now. One of the teams that has certainly comes out guns a-blazing is Marietta. Saw them at the Hoopsville Classic. They had a pretty solid game against Albright in the first game, and then they blew the doors off of Christopher Newport in the second. They continued that a couple of days later with a big win over Worcester and have continued that throughout the rest of the way, off to a pretty solid 7-0 and start, 2-0 and in conference play. And I'd argue none of their games have been close. None. They have dominated most of the way. Now we talked to Coach at the Hoopsville Classic. That interview didn't make air, unfortunately, so that might be a blessing in disguise. Cause now we get to talk to him a little bit further down the road and a little bit better understanding of who this team is. So who joining us on the City of Salem hotline is Coach John Vanderall, the number number three Marietta Pioneers. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hey, Dave, thanks for thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate you coming back after we talked at the Hoopsville Classic. <laughs> um, obviously, that one didn't air, but like I said, this might be a blessing disguise. Now we get to talk to you, not only after a win over Albright, a win over Christopher Newport, a win over Worcester to follow that, a win over Baldwin-Wallace. You've had three wins over nationally um, ranked opponents, and honestly, the closest game you had was Albright and Bethany, um, the non-nationally ranked teams. <laughs> guys are off to a, a blazing start here
2: we are Dave. we you know we're just trying to take it one game at a time like most coaches and uh but feeling very fortunate to be sitting here 7-0 and to start the year and, and uh, we knew going into the season we had an extremely tough schedule uh we knew we had some question marks on our roster We weren't really sure you know who was going to be ready to fill what holes, and and so we were just going to work really hard and try to get as prepared for the season as we possibly could. And fortunately for us, it's gotten off to a really good start.
0: Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, as we mentioned, started the season against the Roach with a one hundred one seventy five game, then beat Albright seventy four fifty six. But it was that Christopher Newport game, I think, that finally really got everybody's attention. Yeah, two big games prior to that, but you beat the then number two team in the country seventy four fifty. That score may not be indicative of just how much you guys controlled that game. You talk about the players that left and we'll talk about that in a minute, but were you even surprised by the outcome of that game, considering you do kind of have guys in new positions?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we watched obviously Christopher Newport on, on film and then saw him play the night before and thought, man, these guys are 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 really, really good and, and so you know, our guys came out of the gates ready to go. I felt like we, pl- even though we didn't shoot the ball very well the first half, we just defended extremely well, and you know had a lead going into half. And kind of looked at the guys at halftime, said, "Hey, you, you, you belong." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I, I knew at halftime we were probably going to be all right because I could see the look in our guys' eyes. They, they had a confidence that I hadn't seen yet throughout the course of the year because like you you mentioned we had some question marks we weren't sure how good we were and and after that first half of kind of being able to defend Christopher Newport with with some success we I could see the look in our guys' eyes that they were they they knew they were pretty good and and we went out and played a really good second half and and I think that game you know, kind of proved to us that, hey, we, we've got a good squad, we can put together a really good year, and since then we've just been playing with a, with a ton of confidence.
0: Well, you and I talked. You know, Obviously the game against Christopher Newport was certainly on the radar, uh, maybe even circled to a point, but Worcester was lurking right behind it. You were either worried they'd be looking past Christopher Newport at Worcester, which I'll admit I think we both thought was a minor chance, but that the chances were that after the big win over Christopher Newport, Worcester could rear its head and kind of bring you guys back to earth a little bit you guys smoked Worcester ninety
2: nine seventy. Sure. Um, again, I I just think coming out of that Christopher Newport game, and I didn't have to get our guys' attention for Worcester. Uh, obviously, that's a huge regional matchup. We played them in the national tournament two years ago. Played them at their place last yep. year. Our guys respect the heck out of Worcester, and and they knew that it was a huge game. So I, I didn't have to do a whole lot to motivate them coming back from from a big win against Christopher Newport. They were they were pretty dialed in and, and ready to go. And obviously it was on our home floor, and that's yep. always a, a huge advantage. and And we, it was really really proud of the way they handled it, and, and obviously we played really well. So. Uh, I was really nervous for the next game with Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see you that. Know, su- Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, after just beating Christopher Newport and Worcester, now you're going, okay, this Bethany squad is really good. They're pretty talented. Uh, after two big games, are we going to be able to come back to, and, and, and still be locked in? And, and, again, to our guys' credit, they've they've been dialed in the whole season.
0: Yeah, Interesting enough, that was the closest game so far. 16-point spread at the end. 87-71, Albright was the second closest at 18. Um, and then you got the win over number twenty Baldwin Wallace. By all reports, there is pretty pretty good team. And then you beat Ober, uh, Otterbein, I should say, to start the OAC campaign two and zero. Before we get the rest of the way, the one thing you know, I asked Benedictine this last year, and they obviously went on to a really special season. I've asked this of other teams. You're off to a hot start. Is there any concern, any concern whatsoever, that maybe it's too hot too soon?
2: Not really, Dave. You know, it's uh, I mean. Well, would I rather have, that we've lost a game or two? You know, you're never going to trade trade oh, in a hot sure. start for 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 anything else. But yeah, we're we're just really trying to keep our guys grounded, and um, you know, obviously we're clicking on all cylinders right now, and and a really tough game coming up this Saturday at John Carroll, and so we just taking it one day at a time and and one game at a time, and. and you know, hopefully this isn't the uh, the pinnacle or the peak for us this year. Hopefully we can continue to grow as a team and, and get better every step of the way.
0: Yeah, I certainly don't want to to elude that that for any reason you you guys, you know, aren't focused certainly or, or that it could happen. Sure. Benedictine went all the way to the national championship undefeated. So it, you know, the game I should say. So it's certainly not like it's it's going to happen, but my my point being you're blowing teams out. You're dominating programs, obviously we got John Carroll coming up. We'll talk about that in a moment, but you know is is there a worry of of keeping guys focused or keeping their heads maybe uh not getting big if it makes any sense as you've oh, leapfrogged yeah. into the rankings and thus you don't take an accidental trip we're We're still relatively early in this season
2: yeah you're you're right and and that's we t- just like any coach, we talk to our guys. A lot about that stuff. Just staying grounded and, and continue to try to get better every day. And you know, the BW game is—you know—we end up winning that game by 20, but that's really not indicative of how the game went. You know, we were we were down, I think six at halftime, and and it was the first time all year we you know, we were down at the half, and so. I was just proud of the way our guys responded in the second half. You know, I was a little bit nervous at halftime wondering how we were going to handle being down for the first time and and our guys responded with a lot of toughness and a lot of grit and and went out and just made a bunch of plays the second half. So, you know, we're, we're we've been challenged maybe in some some ways that don't show up at the end result of the score, but um, I think our guys are handling it pretty well.
0: You do have John Carroll coming up the blue streaks. Obviously, you guys had some great battles last season as nationally ranked teams, top of the OAC. They're coming in kind of stumbling a little bit here. Two and four just got a, a close win over Mount Union uh, back on Wednesday. Um, and, and obviously, you know, on paper, the way John Carroll's struggling, everyone's going to think, well, this is probably another dominating <laughs> win. But at the same time, that also feels like you know a, a beast ready to finally wake up. Uh John Carroll's good. Everyone knows they're good. They're they're more perplexed. Do you have a figure on what's going on with the Blue Streaks or what you're worried about coming up with your game on Saturday?
2: Well, we're worried about a lot of stuff. They present a lot of issues, you know, the way yeah. they play and 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 at their place is always really tough and I I still think they're one of the best teams in Division 3 basketball. Uh you know, I think Anytime you lose any guys at all, every year you've got a new team and, and those teams all have to find, find their niche, find their way. And, you know, I think Carroll's just, you know, they lost some seniors, uh, although they have, you know, the big, the big guns are back. Uh, I think they're just still trying to find, find their way a little bit. And I'm just hoping it takes them another four or five days before they, before they do instead of, instead of Saturday. But, uh, they're, you know, we are definitely not taking those guys lightly. We Every time we play them, it's a knockdown, drag-out fight to the better end, and uh, I don't see why Saturday will be any different. So we're going to have to be really focused and, and ready to go, and I, I think John Carroll's going to go on to have a great year. Uh, you know, they stumbled out of the blocks here, but I've been watching Phil them for two straight days, and I can tell you they're awfully doggone good.
0: Uh, obviously, um, they'll be at their place, which adds another wrinkle. That is a tough place. To play, especially if the crowd is in force, uh, as we saw in the NCAA tournament last year. Even though, ironically, they won the game when the crowd was barely there. Um, Also, Mike Moran's last season. um, Are you are you disappointed? Mike's leaving, or are you kind (laughs) of maybe relieved he might be finally passing on
2: (laughs) passing the baton? We'll we'll miss Mike. You know, he's a character, uh, but you know. We're we're okay with uh, you know it'd be nice if John Carroll took a step back or something like that that's that's for sure I, I doubt that'll happen but he's done an amazing job up there and and so um, you know we've had a, had a lot of great games against those guys.
0: Uh, looking at your team, you got what five seniors I think on this team, obviously led by AJ Edwards, but also Jack Tomey. Um, you also have Nate Walker. Um, and some other guys here who are seniors. So this is certainly a very experienced class. Um, but, of course, led by A.J. Edwards, preseason All-American first-teamer for D3Hoops.com, 16.9 points a game and 8.4 rebounds a game, shooting 52%, which is pretty impressive. And he'll he'll take a couple threes, just to keep you honest. But he's not the only weapon here. you got four guys in double figures. Keith Edwards, 14 points a game. Dylan Young, 11 points a game. Anthony Wallace, nearly 11 points a game. A.J.'s, AJ's a beast, but you can't focus just on him, can you?
2: No, that's kind of what I think makes us us pretty good. Is you know we don't necessarily force feed AJ the basketball. We just kind of run our stuff, and and he's obviously really good. So he's he's going to get his. Uh, and we always kind of say, you know, I mean, AJ is going to make everybody else better, and every and everybody else is going to make AJ better. And, and so we just try to play really well together and move the basketball, share the ball, and. And some nights, you know, A.J. may have a huge night, and other nights he may not, and somebody else is going to go off. And I think we've got six or seven guys that could score 20 points on on any given night, which I think makes us challenging to prepare for, uh, tough to game plan against, be uh, just because we can hurt you in, in different ways.
0: Ten players have played in all seven games. Um, Fifteen players have played in six or more. Sixteen and five or more, pretty much the entire roster. How important has it been maybe that you've been dominating games, that you've been able to get everybody in early this
6: season?
2: Yeah, that's a big plus early on in the year when you're playing a lot of new guys to, to get some guys some minutes and let them grow and develop as players. And so that's been a nice luxury that we've had as we've been able to play a lot of guys and, and get get more guys experience, which will hopefully help us down, down the stretch.
0: Obviously, John Carroll coming up. Wilmington will be after that a week later, both in conference action, as you get the first four games of conference play underway. With the Well, you're halfway through that four-game stretch. Then you'll take the break and get back into conference play the other side. What do we make of this OAC? Uh, it was you guys and John Carroll last year. It looks like it might be a repeat of that if John Carroll can right the ship. But... Um, Mount Union has been good in the past. Baldwin-Wallace has emerged on the scene. Muskegon is undefeated at 5-0 and uh, overall. Um, Mount Union's lurking, as we mentioned. Capital was off to a good start, but has stumbled as of late. Is this OAC deeper again this year, or is this going to be a two-dog race with everybody else kind of just filling in?
2: I think it's way too early to to, to make that statement or, or to tell if it's a two-horse race or, or what. I, I think it's really deep. I think... Um, I think there's a lot of teams that are right on the verge of having a breakout year. And you mentioned most of those teams along with BW, who's, you know, in the, in the top 25. And um, I, all those teams you mentioned are extremely dangerous. I, I think it's going to be a tough, hard fought year in the OAC with people taking some lumps. And, um, you know, and so that's just more reason for why we've just got to be dialed in every, every night. Cause I think from top to bottom, like a lot of coaches think our, our league is just extremely tough.
0: Right before Christmas, you'll head down to Daytona Beach. I wish I could feel sorry for you, but I don't. But you will take on currently unranked and undefeated Wesleyan, and currently number four and undefeated Whitman. Those games on paper right now look pretty darn good in non-conference. By the way, you'll get back into conference play and and, and play aforementioned Muskegon in Ohio Northern. But looking at that that the next two and only two non-conference games you got the rest of the way. I know it's a little further ahead than maybe you're looking, but still, those are two really good undefeated teams that you may have to still tackle. This season is far from being able to kind of get into cruise.
2: Sure, which is why I'm so elated that we're seven and zero right
6: now because
2: uh, we need every win we can get because it's not going to get any easier. And you know, I I, I don't think strength of schedule is going to be an issue for us when, no. when the year comes to an end. Um, it's just kind of played out that way. Yeah, so, I don't know, man. It's it's um, it's going to be tough. Both those teams are playing down in Florida look like they're playing really good basketball. Going to be challenging games, and then anytime you go that far away from home you never know how your guys are going to react to all that either so you know we've got to continue to get better every day because like you said the always see so tough this year and then those last two non-conference games we have are against extremely good teams
0: when you put the schedule together did you think this sos would turn out the way it could turn out obviously way too early to look at sos numbers in reality but worcester Um, Not to mention your conference. Obviously, the conference is going to be strong, and I think it's going to give you a pretty good SOS there. But you've got Worcester, Christopher Newport, right now Whitman, and Wesleyan tapping into good conferences. and, And obviously the NCAC, you're tapping into the CAC, which should be pretty good, tapping into the NESCAC. The Northwest Conference looks solid. Of course, you're playing the top of those conferences too, which makes a big difference. Did you have any idea when you looked at this ahead of time and went, oh, we're actually going to be maybe in some decent shape here that you could take some lumps?
2: Yeah, obviously it's pretty easy to look at that schedule and, and and pick out from from last year Christopher Newport, Worcester and and Whitman. You know, you, we knew those those three games were going to be really challenging against th- three great teams. Uh and then and then the other teams that ended up on our non-league schedule just have really emerged to be top of the line teams as well and and so you know, we knew going into the year we were going to have a challenging schedule um You know, now sitting here, we didn't probably know it was going to be as tough as
0: it it turned out to be. Um, Obviously, no team has has less than five wins in the non-conference play, which is certainly pretty impressive. You know, there are some who call to say, hey, you should be the number one team in the country for the schedule that you guys have played. I know in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't matter a hill of beans to you. Um, You guys jumped from 17th, which you kind of told me, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you kind of felt maybe it was an okay spot in the preseason, but you've jumped into the top five. You've got a first-place vote. Do you think you should be hired? Or do you even care, like I said?
2: <laughs> You're right. First, I, I don't really care because <laughs> I it's that. the beginning of December. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're just worried about beating John Carroll on Saturday. That's really our only concern sure. right now. And so... You know what you're ranked in December really doesn't matter, right? I mean, if we go out and lose a bunch of games, we won't be ranked. And yeah. uh, if we go out and continue to win, then we might move up a spot or two. And and I guess we can't move up any more than two spots. But uh, so <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it it'll all shake out in the end. And and I I think our team's getting more than enough credit for what we've done so far. And, and like we talked about at Hoopsville, you know, I thought 17 was. Was generous going into the year. Um, didn't, you know, because we just so many question marks, not, not sure. And, and now we've proven that we, we do have a pretty good team and we've jumped up pretty high in the, in the rankings. And so, you know, I'm, we're, we're tickled pink with where we're at. Uh, if we continue to be ranked number three all year long, I'll be really happy. So, uh, I got, I got no bones about it.
0: Means you're having a good season. Um, Quickly, before we let you go, let's flash back, though, to last year. Uh, magical season last year. Certainly a, a terrific run. You get to the first round at home, places jammed, and you guys kind of stumbled against Gwyneth Mercy. I I know when I talked to you, that kind of stung a little bit. Um, how has this team reacted to that? How has this team learned from it?
2: Sure. I You know, I don't know that this team I, – I think we talked about this when I was down there at the hoofsville Classic uh, – you know, I just feel really bad for those four seniors mm-hmm. last year. You know, um, Lewis Garcia was senior for last year. I think he stayed in the locker room for like three or four hours after mm-hmm. that game. We he, we couldn't get him to leave. You know, and yeah. uh, so I I think it's gonna it's a lot harder on those seniors that last year that don't get to kind of rectify it this year. And you know, we haven't really talked about that at all. You know, this year we've just been so focused on trying to get better every day and and have the best season we can possibly have this year and get as good as we can possibly get so that hope that so that hopefully doesn't happen again this year you know and hopefully we can make a long deep run in in the national tournament and that's our that's our goal and and so you know we we had an unfortunate situation last year where Eddie Grenner who's an all-league player for us got a concussion 2 days before that game not yeah. we're not making any excuses but Yeah, just like any team, you go through some tough times, and and losing that game was tough on us and hard on us at the time, but we've moved on from it and um, learned from it, and we'll just continue to try to get better and have the best year we can possibly have in 2016-17.
0: Not to dwell on it, but is is it a scenario that you've got in the back of the filing cabinet, as it were, to pull out when you need it possibly this season?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those motivational things you can kind of use when you, when your guys maybe start slacking or just want to show up and get to go through the motions at practice one day. And, and that's what we're kind of always harping on is just, we can never afford to go through the motions. There's never a time where we can't be getting better and uh, because you never know when a guy's going to get hurt or you're going to face some sort of adversity or, or you just got to be ready for everything you encounter. And, and the best way to do that is to make sure you're improving every day.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us and chat for us a second time, but for everybody else out there the first time, I certainly appreciate it. Obviously off to a tremendous start. As you know, we always give the final word to the coach. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
2: I oh, just want to say thanks to you for everything you do for Division Three basketball. It's uh, it, You've brought a lot of notoriety and credit to uh, small college basketball, and I think it. it, it Provides a lot of entertainment and joy for, for us Division Three guys. So so thanks, and I wish everybody the best of luck this season.
0: Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you taking the time. Good luck against John Carroll on the rest of the season. Thanks, Dave. John Vanderwall joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline, sponsored by the City of Salem. Of course, 7-0 start, 2-0 in conference play. Again, big game against John Carroll coming up on Saturday, 2 o'clock local time. That game uh, at Univers- in University Heights, Ohio at John Carroll. Then they'll finish up the conference slate for this half of the season against Wilmington at home a week later. And again, we mentioned that Daytona Beach tournament uh, out in uh, on the 21st and 22nd of December. Then they'll take their holiday break and get back in its conference action the rest of the way when we come back we check in on amherst versus babson and find out which coach is coming on the show next it's battle of number one versus number two and we'll hear from the winning coach here on hoopsle you listen to hoopsle presented by d3hoops.com for the wbca and abc studios more hoopsle right after this
2: i'm a division three student athlete and i know how powerful words can be the term gay doesn't mean
3: stupid lame or less than.
1: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
3: If you can play, you can play in Division 3
5: I'm a Division Three student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division 3
6: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsil, everybody. Well, let's uh, fix something here so you can hear me, Bill, better. Welcome back to Hoopsil, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsil or hashtag Hoopsil. Email us, Hoopsil at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsil. We should say we've been on Facebook Live today, simulcast on YouTube and Facebook Live. So far, no problems that we're aware of. want to thank all of you who have tuned in. I don't think people on Facebook Live necessarily watch this as long as you might if you're watching on our show page. But we're trying to expand the show best we can. Remember we told you we'd talk to the winner of the amherst Babson game? Well, it's not over. If you have not been paying attention, it's been a classic. It um, currently leads 90-89, to 89, 38 seconds left. What we're going to try and do here is bring you in the broadcast and see how this one finishes. Let's see what we got going here. Uh, I'll even try and talk over it when I can, but let's see if we can listen in. Apparently not. We can see it going on. I thought we would have audio from that. Let me play with this here a little bit, see if we can get the audio on here. I have a feeling we have it maybe too low or something. We'll keep working on it here. No, it doesn't appear that we've got audio from that, but we'll keep you abreast. So Babson's on the line here, leading by one, 30.2 seconds left in overtime. This has been an incredible game. Back and forth. End of the first half, Amherst had a chance, I think, to tie it or at least draw it within one. Uh, Flannery actually came from behind after getting screened off of his man and swatted the ball to keep Amherst from scoring. In regulate- second half, Amherst actually jumped up pretty, Yeah, I would say two possessions, maybe three. Babson immediately responded, as you now see Babson leads by two, 30.2 ticks left. End of the game, Babson got a couple possessions thanks to long rebounds and some other opportunities. And got up three. Amherst came down the court, hit a three-pointer to tie the game, which forced overtime. Now you see Amherst trailing by two inside and off glass. That's going to count. So we're now tied. 91s apiece. Less than 20 seconds left. Apparently a fan wanted a traveling call there. I'm not going to agree with that. That is Flannery, who has the ball. Obviously, they're going to wait for the last shot. There is no shot clock. I can tell, by the way, how much time is left. Dave Hickson's at midcourt. That's interesting. Flannery nearly loses the ball. Now feeds his teammate. 18-footer no good. We're headed to a second overtime. This is incredible. Of course, Hoopsville was supposed to talk to the winning coach. Um, apparently the players didn't get that message because they're still playing. But unbelievable so far in this one. So we'll keep a tabs on that. In the meantime, we'll answer your questions. If you got questions for us, tweet us at, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. I'm literally just looking over at uh, tweets and retweeting from both Hoopsville and D3 Hoops on this game. Everybody is watching this across the country. Um, It is pretty impressive messages from the center of the country i know people have been tweeting from all parts of other sections of the country um and it's got another message uh from somebody who's watching the game holy game he says this is and you know what thankfully number one versus number two lived up to now remember these two teams actually played a heck of a game last year about this time that game was at babson um it was a thriller uh amherst won that game I think Babson was a little dinged up I, I don't remember exactly i could be completely wrong on that um but it was a heck of a game um and i mean thriller to say that uh, i somehow just uh, went backwards in time on my video stream so i'm going to refresh it quickly uh we mentioned earlier that both teams shot pretty evenly, almost identically, in the first half. Both teams continue to shoot well. Babson's 30 of 68 at 44%. Amherst is 33 of 71 at 46.5%. Uh, Amherst is heated up from outside. This is what kind of got them uh, to take the lead. Uh, remember, they were Babson was out shooting them in the first half from deep. Uh, Amherst has hit 11 of 30. Babson, 9 of 24. By the way, uh, Jay Dawson leaned the way for Amherst. 30 points. Jeff Racy with 15. Johnny McCarthy, 14. Reed Berman, 12. And 10. For Babson, as soon as the system lets me, we'll get back to that. Um, for Babson, come on. It won't let me click on them. We'll figure out how many Flannery has uh, in this game as we head into double. Flannery has 35. Nick uh, Commandale, 16. Isaiah Nelson, 14. Sam Bowmiller, 13. Um turnovers. 16-9. Amherst was 16 turnovers in this game. But interesting enough, Babson's only scored 19 off those turnovers. Amherst has scored 18 off of Babson's nine turnovers. So that's pretty significant in this game. So 437 left. 91 in double overtime. We'll keep abreast of that one. We're going to drag a little bit here because we do have a coach. One of those coaches is coming on this show unless we go into super overtime. In the meantime, I hope you're enjoying Facebook Live. I wouldn't say I got goaded into it. It's been in the back of my mind. Didn't think we could pull it off. Uh, We actually upgraded our software to try and pull it off better, and then the software acted up on us, so we're back to our original. but We are able to broadcast off of it uh, as well. I suspect we'll pull this out for D3 Sports for some other events. In the meantime, Amherst missed a shot, wanted a foul called, not called. We'll get you back to that. We're 420 in here, and Babson leads by one, or 420 remaining in W. I know a ton of people are watching this. It's a thriller to say the least. Um, uh, Ryan Scott tweets out and I'm retweeting as we speak here. Um, most of you are missing the best basketball game of the year. Um, headed to double overtime. Ryan's, let's see, someone tweeted me. I thought someone just responded to me and I don't see where it went to. Uh, maybe someone messaged me elsewhere. I got to scan through my system here. Um, huh. I don't know where it went to. I saw an alert that I got a message. Let's see here. Sorry for the drag here, folks. Trying to find it. Oh, Mark Atkins. uh, Almost put Babson ahead of Amherst this week. I've had Babson ahead of Amherst all season, including the preseason. That's where I've had uh, Babson. I've had Amherst third. Marietta's two. I will tell you now, if Amherst wins this game, Marietta's not necessarily getting my number one vote. Um, I think they've certainly deserved it can be wrong. If Amherst wins, it's going to be a debate uh, that I'm going to have a long conversation with. Luckily, weekend games to help us decide. Long three as the shot clock goes down uh, and goes out of bounds, so Babson gets the ball back. Winning 94-93, 307 left. We'll get to that in a minute. But you know, this is great that a game like this can happen for starters. That that we have two teams in the same region, not in the same conference, who are good enough. It does not happen often. In the D3Hoops.com era, it may have only happened now three times. Uh, I may be mistaken, maybe four, but I think only three times. So, you know, hats off to these two teams for not only being that good. Amherst, who doesn't necessarily challenge themselves at the beginning of the season, at least has come on as Flannery just buried another shot. It is now 95, 97-93 Babson. Flannery is just unconscious. You know, Ryan said it on Sunday's show, you know, probably one of the favorites for player of the He's playing like it. Um, I hate talking about who my favorites would be for player of the year at this point in the season. I hate talking about it until at least February because there's so many players in Division Three. There's guys like um, uh, Ty uh, at, at, at Rippon. I forgot Ty's last name. I apologize. Who's having a tremendous himself. himself. Um, but Flannery against Tufts played 39 minutes after missing a game apparently with a foot ailment. Um and put the team on his back, and in this one is playing an amazing one. I saw him at the end of the first half bury a three-pointer with a guy in his face and then, as we mentioned, go down and block a shot that would have gotten Amherst within one at halftime. Amherst on the free throw line now have cut the, the deficit to three. But, you know, Flannery is one of those players. It, Flannery kind of reminds you um, of... of Ben Strong at Guilford a number of years ago where all season you just knew he was special and he was a shoe and they actually lost Guilford did in the first round to St. Mary's that year that's when St. Mary's of Maryland kind of emerged for the first time um and he still was player of the year um Flannery's kind of on that on that level this year it'll be fascinating to watch um, just got a tweet I think it was from Ryan our good friend Ryan he says can you get both coaches on after the game? I don't know Ryan. the way I set it up with the with the SIDs was um, can I get um, one of the winning coach? I can certainly try it both. Uh, no guarantees. Uh, I'd have to email them and see what they say um, but no promises. We've at least set it up that we can get the winning coach. maybe I can try and get the the uh, the second coach as well in this one. again, awesome game so far up at LaFrac. Um, apparently I've gotten reports. I wasn't watching clock carefully enough. Bit of clock issue. A little hometown clock, maybe. Uh, is off. I don't know. End of the half. We'll see. Uh, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3hoops.com. Uh, join us on Facebook. If you've got questions, let us know while we're kind of killing time here. 206 left in double OT. Somebody called timeout. Um... And we're keeping track. By the way, another report I heard was that someone who sounds Australian is po- calling the game. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> Anybody who knows me and knows this show well knows that I have had issues with Amherst Broadcasts in the past. Not in the last couple of years, but several years ago. I uh, wrote an open letter to their president. Um so I'm, I'm glad to hear that maybe we've got a pretty solid crew on there, but that's all I'm going to speak about that. Uh, Babson's got the ball with 2.06 left in double overtime. They're back in action. Uh, let us also know how you've enjoyed the Facebook Live experience if you partaked. Um, we're, we're curious on that uh also update for top 25s in case you're curious we have two more polls before the christmas holiday we'll vote again next week in week number three as it's called and then we'll vote on the 19th right before the holidays for week number four as Babson's shooter i think it was flannery airballed a three which is not something you see every day. he kind of fell to the ground too i don't know what happened babson continues to lead by three here um let's see i got a question i think just popped up on our video oh loud and clear in scranton thank you dean Appreciate that, sir. Uh, Dean Corwin, our good friend out of Scranton, calls games for Scranton. If you want to listen to a, a solid broadcaster, listen to a good game uh, and enjoy it, Dean your man. he's listening, and I'm not saying that because he's here. I sit next to him when he's at Goucher. I always enjoy listening to Dean call a broadcast. Uh, fun to do. Uh, and he is clearly tuning in here tonight. Um, Amherst looks like if the camera would move. Pet peeve of mine is when the camera operator turns into a fan Right then, Amherst had a near steal. Wouldn't follow. Babson got the ball back, went for a three and missed again. Jump ball will give the ball to Babson with a buck three left in double OT. Amherst wanted a foul. It's not being called. By the way, hats off to the Babson faithful. They came out in pretty good force. I'm a little surprised Amherst didn't show up in better force for this game. We'll see what happens. Um, Ryan Scott says, broadcaster is both Australian and awesome. He's really good. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm really glad that the number one versus number two game got good broadcasters. I just couldn't listen. The other thing I'm going to say is a pet peeve. I'd love to go back and watch this game later since I've been distracted with Hoopsville as uh, Babson misses a couple opportunities. Ball is loose. Amherst has got a chance. Let's get back into this game, shall we? Amherst goes for a three and hits it. We are tied. I'm making sure it doesn't go to overtime. Uh, It is not. So let's uh, call it over. Here we are. We're in double overtime, less than 45 seconds, and now they'll call timeout. So we'll come back here. Uh, ever so briefly and we'll get back to that um this game will not be able to be watched on demand and listen i i went on a rant exactly almost exactly a year ago on this i have spoken a lot about this i think personally that keeping games from being watched on demand is a detriment especially in. To expect people to be able to watch games whenever they take place, four in the afternoon, one in the afternoon during the week. And this is outside of basketball, too. This is all sports. Uh, To not let fans, alums, parents, or whatever watch those games live, I think is a major detriment to the the division. It's a major detriment to programs. You cannot expect people to watch these games live. Um, And this is a great example. I am not going to be able to go back and watch this game live now. Or or on tape now. I have to watch it while I'm doing a show. And while I've been able to watch parts of it, it's just not the ideal way to watch it. And you can't expect people to be able to watch when a game is live. And coaches will say, well, it's so that nobody can scout me. And, And that's bogus. It's flat out bogus. Because... A, coaches, for the most part, all programs are sharing video and basketball in conference. So there's video getting out anyway. 70% or more of games are getting out there anyway. Second of all, it's up on systems anyway. After my rant last year, I had a coach contact me, and he said he got through his system. I want to say maybe he was using Synergy. He got through just the letter C and had over 100 teams he could watch. So we'll get back to that. In the meantime, let's get back to the game. Double overtime, we're tied at 97. Babson's got the ball. Missed shot there. I'm not sure. That was Flannery. Missed a shot, pushed it there. So Amherst is going to come down now and they'll reset here uh, and go for it. Um, I don't think the shot clock's off. I believe. Well, no, it might be off. So Amherst may be holding on here for the last shot. Um, and Ryan Winnable. You knew that having a coach on live after a game would result in multiple overtime to fill air. You're right, Ryan. I did. Worked well last year as Amherst takes the lead with three-tenths of a second left. No timeouts. That is it. Amherst is going to win this game 99-97. The fans storm the floor. Tremendous win for Amherst. That is a gut check of a loss for Babson, to be honest. Um, The way Babson played in that game, I mean, wow. Really thought they would come away with a victory. That is a huge win for the purple and white, um, I really expected that to go Babson's way, the way that game played out, the way Babson came back in the second half. But Amherst forced overtime, Amherst forced double overtime, and Amherst wins in the end. Flannery forced a shot there, you saw it, from about eight feet, um, and just an ill-advised opportunity. So congr- As the fans go crazy, Amherst will be number one, which means guys like me have to look for a new number one team. And now I have to make the decision. Is it, and I'll tell you, it's down to two, and that's it. It's either Marietta or it's Amherst. Amherst beats my number one. Marietta, though, has beaten three top 25 teams. They take on John Carroll on. I'm obviously not making my decision now on the air. You're dreaming if you think I'm going to go on it now. If I went on it now, it's a tough decision. Marietta, I have is my number two team. Amherst, I have as my number three. Amherst has shown me that despite a soft start to their schedule, they are as good as advertised. I thought Babson last year was the end, and had Flannery been um healthy, would not have Amherst would not have gotten to the championships in Salem. Uh, that game would have ended up going um, to um, Babson. I thought Babson would have made it. Uh, sorry I'm doing about three different jobs at the same time. Babson number one. Babson's not fallen very far after this. That's for sure. Babson's staying in the top three. The question is, do I leapfrog Amherst over Marietta to make them my number one team, or do I go to Marietta? Amherst has 19 first place votes. They will probably pick up a few more out of this, but I would not be surprised if there's already one on Marietta. If those five voters who are voting for Babson split in some way, I really have no idea um, where it could be. I've gotten a call just now saying um, that we will get our, coach hickson on the show here shortly if you hear a ring in the background it's gonna be loud that is gonna be coach hickson we will take him live um sorry quick text back to the hey thanks chris atwood by the way at amherst For helping us out. I also want to thank Scott Dietz at Babson coordinating this opportunity to possibly have one of the two coaches on the show. Um, I will say this, folks. If you want to hear from Babson tonight, the advantage of not hearing from Babson tonight is the simple fact um, that we can get Babson on at a later time. Technically, if I had him on tonight, we wouldn't have him the rest of the season. I don't think that does them any justice. Um, Hugh Campbell apparently might have been the... uh, uh, the announcer, and that's outstanding uh, job by here Apparently, lots of people speaking highly of Hugh. Um, so again, we got. Uh, we'll hear from Dave Hickson here momentarily. He's in the locker room, um, so we're looking forward to having him on the show again. Hats off to Babson. We'll get you some final stats while we're waiting. This is not uh, normal, but this is what we do. By the way, t- thanks to Tim Brennan at Salisbury for putting this idea in our heads. To <laughs> um, want to thank him for that. Um, Let's see here. Flannery's uh, someone just asked me what Flannery's final line was. I got to find it. Here we go. Um, um, so Flann- so Flannery finished playing 50 minutes, 11 of 28, five of 13 from deep. He was pretty good in the first half. He cooled off, 14 of 16 from the free-throw line. Uh, six rebounds for 41 points. Flannery went off for 41 points. Not to be outdone. Jay Dawson went off for 32. That's that's just sick. Um unbelievable. Uh so Flannery went for 41. Nick uh Commendale went for 16. Isaiah Nelson went for 14. Sam Bowmiller went for 13. Uh Jay Dawson for Amherst went for 32. Johnny McCarthy went for 19. Gracie 15, and Jacob Nabatoff tw- 10. Off the bench, Reed Berman. Went for 12. By the way, uh, Babson's might... This might be where Babson is going to hurt a little bit. They only went four deep on the bench. They really only went with six guys all game because Charlie Rice played 33 minutes. So that's six deep for Babson. Lowry played for seven. played for two. Stauffer played for two. Rice is the only one who scored of that foursome, and he only put up six points in 33 minutes. So Babson relied on their five starters. That could be where Babson hurts. This season. Now, granted, it's a big game against Amherst, so maybe you throw some of that out the door. But that's... Amherst went nine deep, so they went the same depth, but Berman got 12. Well, to be honest with you, Berman went 12. Ryle Pell barely... Oh, you know, I'm looking at points here. Hold on, minutes. Yeah, Berman went 30 minutes. Sewell... Uh, Sal, uh, and I think that's Dave Hickson. Uh, we'll take him live right now. Uh, hello, this is Hoopsville. Dave Hickson. Dave Dave Hickson. Hey, sir, how are you?
8: I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm jubilant, excited, <laughs> thankful, thankful. I'm thankful.
0: Well, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time to join us here right after the game. Um, we're obviously on the air, but we had the game up. An incredible back-and-forth game. You two teams have now, two years in a row, put together two amazing games with a lot of people watching, you got to be thrilled for just the atmosphere and, and the type of game that you had there.
8: Yeah, it, it, you know, and, and our, our crowd turned out tonight, which was really great. It was an unbelievable atmosphere. And, you know, I give them a ton of credit. I mean, really, we were fortunate to win. Flannery, man, he is a player of the year guy. And I know he was last year, but boy, did he make some big shots. I'm weird, some guys make some big shots too, but I got to tell you, put the ball in Flannery's hands. And, uh, you know, I said coming into the game, I was worried. Too early in the year for this, and that because uh, they get all the pieces. People keep telling us we have all the pieces. Poe was a little bit dinged, so he didn't play much. But but I got to tell you that they have all the pieces. And uh, as I said to Flannery after, I said, I'm sure I, I'd love to see you again in March. And he just smiled and said, Me too. So, <laughs>
2: yeah, it was a great game. It had
8: to be great for watching. My phone's going crazy. Uh, good fun. I mean, what a great thing to have in December.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You bring up Flannery, so let me ask you about him before we get on to the rest of the team. You mentioned a a player of the year type player, candidate. You know He's obviously been honored with those things in the past. But my question to you as an opposition, as the opposing coach, just how difficult is he to match up against no matter how much you scout?
8: Yeah, I mean, he really is because what he does, and commonality did it a little bit in the first half to it, but but what, what Flannery does is that if you get too close to him, he goes by you. If you if you back off a step like you'd like to back off a player like that, he pulls a three from deep, and he made a couple of those in our face. So, he's just really hard to guard. He can post you up when he posts you up. I thought I thought we did a great job on him. I thought Jade, uh, had a terrific game, and between Jade and Johnny, uh, we, we we put Jade on him because we thought that Johnny they were going to go right at him and get his third foul. And so we switched up a little bit, and I thought Jade was terrific tonight, both offensive end and the defensive end, and. Uh, But yeah, Flannery's just—he's a handful. Whatever you decide to do, he's a handful.
0: That game was amazing to watch, and again, I couldn't watch every minute, but I was watching as much as I could while doing the show. First half, Babson seemed to be in control. You guys seemed to be looking for answers and had to keep coming back. Second half answers Babson had to be the one that had to keep coming back but ultimately it was you guys who had to hit the shot to force overtime hit the shot to force the double overtime and hit the shot to win and and, and, to win the game ultimately in an amazing back and forth is your heart okay
8: uh yeah it is i'll have a a discussion with you at the end of the year about all my about all that but yeah it's okay
0: (laughs) but but what is it like to coach in a game like that i mean that's just the best of the best
8: well, let me tell you something. I sit on my hands, and, and we're, we're playing a team that we're supposed to be, and we we don't play well. Like these are the games that are easy to coach. They really are. Like you know, game. You know, you're in the game. You're having fun. You're coaching your rear off, and and so you know you don't even notice. And, and, and it's just it's these are the games that are really easy to coach. It's those that you're supposed to win by 15 or 20, and you guys don't really come to play, and yeah. it's tied at halftime, and it's blah 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 blah. Those are the things that are really you know got. Hey, but these games, like I haven't been nervous all day. I wasn't nervous because I just said, "Hey, we're playing number two. We're supposed to be number one, and number one playing number two, guys. Let's just go out and have fun and beat our rear ends off, uh, you know, for 40, for 40, 50. for 50 minutes." <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, by the way, you say sit on your hands late in the game. I saw you coaching all the way out up mid court. So nice try um hey quickly let's talk about your team jay dawson goes off for 32 points tonight, 13 of 30 shooting uh johnny mccarthy for 19 jeff racy for 15 and jacob Nabatoff for 10 and off the bench reed berman for 12 you, you certainly have a lot of weapons but dawson kind of revealed himself tonight did he not
8: yeah and he did a little bit the other day i mean he had his best offensive game today when he had 20 uh, the other night and mostly in, in the second half and so you know he's playing better he's in sync with us he's uh you know, this is good. I mean, we're gelling a little bit, and it's really early for us, starting on November first and not scrimmaging. And uh, I got to tell you, that was and this will do great. This will really help the gel process. Uh, you know, we missed Rio a little bit tonight because he's a guy that can take people off the dribble and can defend. And you know, he's dinged up with an ankle. But I got to tell you, Gracie hit a big shot. Of course, Johnny Mack hit a couple big shots, uh, and of course, Jade hit a couple big shots. So. It's it's a great bunch of guys. I, I hope we're still playing later on in the year. I mean, the league's tough, but i tell you, it, uh, tonight it was a fun game to coach. I'm sure... I- I tried not to just watch, but it was a fun game to watch. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's true too. I know you got to go, but a couple more quick questions for you. You know, you started your starting five all played more than twenty minutes. A couple of them played forty plus. You obviously had Reed Berman coming off the bench for thirty minutes. For the most part, it was that core group, and they basically had their core group of five. One guy, Charlie Rice, played thirty-three or thirty-three minutes. It was basically a six-on-six mentality here. Neither of you went deep in the bench. That's not normally your protocol for either team. There, is that a sign of how much was really on the line here tonight?
8: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, we got some, you know, our young guy, Salou, is going to be a really good player. But he looked a little bit out of his depth, just, you know, a little bit. And, uh, you know, so we went, Nabatov played a, a nice game, and so we felt better with that. Uh, Conklin and DG, you know, DG had some nice ball game. You're getting foul, I don't know where we were going to go. If we of uh, fact, Salou is going to have to play the five. Uh, but without, if we'd had Rio, we would have gone at least one more deep. And, and, uh, but yeah, it was definitely a shortened bench championship game. It was a, it was a, it was a March game.
0: You got to keep this one on the schedule, just my own personal opinion. <laughs> you have LaSalle coming up on Saturday. I'll be blunt. How do you keep the team focused on that game after this one?
8: Well, it's so hard because, you know, in the locker room, you know, everybody's so excited. And, you know, we had everybody, everybody's going crazy on every little thing I say. And, you know, you, you try to just really focus on the positivity of this game. But then you got to turn around and say, look, I know, guys, I'm the bad guy. Everybody's got to hydrate the heck out of it. We drink chocolate milk, you know, the whole deal to try to get ourselves back. Tomorrow will be off our legs. And, yeah, it's really hard. It, it's going to be uh, – I think the good news is there are a couple guys like Salou, like Riopelle – Riapel should be back pretty close to full uh, on Saturday that are going to have to, you know, step and get some energy out there for us. Uh, and, and, and LaSalle played tonight. I mean, they played
0: the Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. Saturday. Yep. They, they didn't play this game, but they did no. play. <laughs> they did not play this game, Dave. Not in the slightest. <laughs> hey, These kids are young. Now, it's one thing.
8: I might have to let Toomey or, or, or Hopkins coach because I'm too old. Yeah. But the young guys should be able to play every day.
0: Hey, I, I realize sometimes it's a private moment, but what did you and Steve say to each other uh, as you shook hands? Uh,
8: Steve and I are really good friends, and... Yeah. Uh, Uh, You know, we just shook hands and said, "Hey, another awesome game." And uh, he actually was uh, his last night. He we we texted a little bit. His son, his son, was a really young kid, uh, was in uh, the emergency room with 105 plus temperature. And so for me, it was you know, it's about that stuff too. And so we talked about the game. And I'll go see him now and talk to him about his son. But he uh, he's a really good friend. He's a great guy. Coaches in Detroit. We always have wars. We
0: love it. Yeah. Well, you guys put on a heck of a game tonight. I wish we could see that a little bit more often, but obviously uh, it is what it is. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much for taking some time out of the evening to come and join us. Please tell Stephen we said hello as well. Congrats on the win, and we'll talk to you down the road. you Any final thoughts for anybody?
8: No. I, I, you, know, it, uh, you know, it was great having four referees tonight. <laughs> I'm counting I'm me, as you know, right?
0: <laughs> really? Where was the fourth?
8: Hey, thanks. And I Look, at as I told my SID, I would have talked to you if we'd lost it. I mean, because I think that it was that big a game. Stevie's that I have so much respect for Batson. Like, I would have talked to you one way or the other, and so I'm happy I'm on the winning side. But, uh, you know, these are two good teams. Let's hope they keep, both keep going.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that sentiment. Guys were asking us if we could get both coaches, but at least we got you, and I appreciate that you would have done it anyway. But good luck uh, the rest of the season. Happy holidays. Congrats on the big win. I appreciate it. All right. Dave Hickson joining us from the number 1 Amherst, Purple and White. Uh, they go on to beat Mapson tonight, 99-97, in double overtime. Please, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, that means both teams have played three overtime periods in the two times that they've met in the last year, because that about a year ago. Um, thrilling games. Uh, Joey Flannery putting on a show. So did Jay Dawson. The two of them combined... Scored 73 points in this game. Um, Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We appreciate uh, Dave Hickson joining us on the air there. A lot to us that he would do that. Uh, Timothy Turner, one of the best games I've watched in a while, regardless of the division. Well, uh, very good point, sir. Very good point. Uh, Efficiency ratings for Babson, number five. Amherst, number nine, coming into the night, but predicted Amherst by one. That's our good friend Matt Snyder on that one. And, and Amherst won by two. let um, uh, Let's. This is the proof I've been waiting for for Amherst. Definitely a legit team. Probably better than last year's Final Four squad, says Ryan Scott. Listen, I would agree. I think they are better than Final Four squad. I just thought Babson was better. I would say they're equal. Uh, yeah, somebody had to win. It's the way it is. Um, but congratulations to Amherst. Again, you know, there's guys like me now who are voting for Babson, number one, who have to reevaluate that vote. It, there have been times I've left my number one vote there, and last year I did it when Augustana lost. The difference is they didn't lose to one of the other top three teams in the country, and so I won't be doing that. I won't be holding it with Babson. But what a game. What a game. Thriller to watch. Yes, I could probably make an effort right now to see if I could get Steve, uh, Steve Brennan on the line. I mean, I could certainly try and um, see, but I, I don't think there's any chance right now. Um, I'd love to, um, I'm trying to see if I've, sorry for the pregnant pause. That's horrible, horrible radio, um, etiquette there. Uh, again, a heck of a game. Um, this is one of those we're going to be talking about the rest of the season. Um, we talked about last year's game. The rest of the season. That's what Division Three so freaking good. Um, you know, it, it, people don't believe it, but we do get that kind of basketball, and we do have good basketball in the in the division. And I'm glad those two teams put on a show tonight. Uh, someday and some year, I'm going to get to one of those. Um, I would love to have been at LaFrac tonight, but uh, thanks to web streaming, we can be at LaFrac in in an essence. And it was a thrilling game. I hope you got a chance to watch it. Um, But in the meantime, congratulations to Amherst. That's a big win, as we mentioned. They stay undefeated. Babson, by the way, will not play another game until December 3rd um, due to finals and whatnot. They are done. Remember, we said they were jamming in nine or ten games into the first quarter of the season, basically playing about a third of their season in the first quarter. They are now done and will take a break until December 30th when they will travel to Chicago. Ryan Scott wrote about that a couple weeks ago nation column talking about how there's an alum out in chicago wants to show them uh chicago and his business and whatnot and they're going to play a game at the university of chicago so that's the next time Babson will take to the floor so tough for Babson to head into the holidays with a tough loss to amherst but i think they did it last year as well but Babson will will rebound just fine i'm certainly not worried about that um But still, kind of a little odd. We talked, you know, RIT earlier in the in the uh, show about that as well. Their women's team taking a very large break. Um, Ryan Scott, the NCAA tournament will be hard pressed to top that drama. It will be, but we have. I would say there's always a couple games every year in the NCAA tournament that ends up being just as good as what we saw tonight. That said, that is one of the best Um, in a long time. I don't want to take anything away from it whatsoever uh let's see it looks like we took a bit of a hit there from our broadcast uh a while back i apologize not sure where we any alerts as to where we may have had some problems uh but we certainly dropped off viewership uh but anyway um tim my friend tim writes that was everything i hoped it would be and more he's right excellent basketball game um and excellent across the board uh on a second Looks like we're going to get Stephen Brennan on the show. Uh, Amazing that he's willing to take the time to do that uh, after that game. Honestly, the idea came from, I think, Ryan Scott and then from making a comment. So I appreciate that um, Coach Brennan may be able to do that right this minute. So bear with us here as we may get uh, Coach on the show. Again, an incredible game between these two teams. Just want to hear from him. When we're done with him, we will uh, wrap up the show and uh, sign off for the evening uh so hang on tight here um this will be great if he can come on it certainly means a lot to us that he'd be willing to do that um and we'll see what happens here but uh if you have if you have any last second questions by the way uh, email us hoopsville at d3 or tweet us at d3 hoopsville use the hashtag hoopsville we'll try and get you some of the questions answered if we if we can. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Coach Brennan may... Oh, I gave him the wrong number. You're fat fingering a number. Um, I gave him an area code. I don't even know where that area code is. He probably called somebody else altogether there. But again, big game. Sorry for the pregnant pauses there. This is what happens when you man the show all by yourself. And there appears to be... Coach uh, Brennan, so let's see if we can take him live. Uh, this is Dave McHugh on Hoopsville Coach Brennan, are you joining us here?
9: Yes, I am joining you. I took that first number. I tried it twice. Yeah, is, is <laughs> I, I hope
0: that I hope we didn't wake anybody in wherever the 420 area code is. Sorry about yeah, that.
9: Yeah, no, it went right to the horizon. Oh, good. Was dialed, so. uh, first and foremost,
0: thank you so much for taking the time to join us, despite the outcome. It really means a lot to me um, that you would do that, uh, especially after the emotional uh, game there. First and foremost, that was a heck of a game. You guys have got to be a bit spent.
9: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, we both had chances to win. We both, you know, took each other's best punches or shots throughout the game. Those kind of runs that went throughout the game and, you know, uh, know, there's a lot of things to look back at, but you just kind of tip your hat that Dawson made one more play, you know, and, you know, we obviously have things that we need to get better at, and you know it's December, so hopefully we're going to get a lot better, and you know hopefully uh, continue to grow.
0: get a lot better. You guys looked pretty darn good in that game. Granted, a coach will tear that apart, and I won't as a layperson. But um, yeah. I mean, this was a game. I, I talked to Dave hickson a short time ago. A game where yeah. in the first half it seemed like you guys were in control, and Amherst had to be the ones who a- find find answers. In the second half, it seemed like Amherst was in control, and you're the ones who had to find the. A- um, but then you seem to take over late. You they had to hit the shot to force overtime. They had to hit the shot to force a double overtime and unfortunately yeah, they had I mean, to hit the shot yeah. to win it.
9: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean it's one of those things where, you know, like we we talked about following up three and you know, he was pretty far out and it's just like back and forth on it. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, um, you tip your hat, McCarthy makes that bomb, you know, to put it in overtime and you know, and then you know, we got leads in the overtimes, and, you know, we had a look. Bradley Jacks had a look that was yeah. straight on that, that he yeah. can make, and, you know, it just didn't go. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the nature of basketball, you know? I mean, you know, there's going to be shots you make and shots you don't. I mean, that's why everybody shoots from the 40 percentile, right?
6: Yeah, exactly.
9: <laughs> um, it's not like you make everything, right? Uh, that you put up, right? You uh, know, and I, I, you know, I was proud of our guys. I thought, you know, a lot of different guys played well, and, you know, it was, it was an exciting environment. Um, you know, you tip your hat because they made the other play. But I also think the situation where, you know, we, um, um, um we, you know, it, it was just a great game. You know, I mean, obviously someone had to lose. You know, it was too bad it was us. But, you know, from the other side of it, you know, like hopefully we're going to grow from it and, you know, be ready for the University of Chicago sure. and then conference play. You know, we came in here thinking we could be the better team and, you know, I think we still can be, but, you know, we got to do a couple things and clean it up, but, you know, exciting game. I'm sure for people who are watching it, it was uh, very entertaining and, you know, some incredible shot making and, you know, obviously we're fortunate to be coaching a kid like Joey Flannery, but, yeah. you know, a lot of guys made plays, you know, Nick Commonwell played really well in the first half. Sam Baldwin had a great second half for us. Um, you know, it was just, uh, you know, two great teams going at it with a lot of different guys stepping up. I mean, you know, to think you could get George fouled out and, you know, not wins is a little disappointing because, you know, he's obviously one of the best limited yeah. in the country.
0: What happened from my angle? It was hard to watch on the web stream, but uh, Flannery looked like he had the ball at about 10 feet. Did, did he just kind of lose his feet underneath him? I'm not, I don't normally see him in what would be an awkward position.
9: Yeah, I mean you know, I mean hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, of course. Um you know, I think that you know, like I thought an opportunity there to be fouled and go to the line. You know, I think the players have to decide it, so the official allowed the players to decide it and you know, I think on the rip when they went to rip it from him, that took his balance okay. and I think that's where he, he, he saw the loss of footing.
0: Gotcha. You know? Okay.
9: So I think I think it was just one of those it was a very physical play, and, you know, if you're on the Babson side, you say it's foul. If you're on the Amherst side, great defense. You know, great, <laughs> a great player. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, they, they did a terrific job on that play, and that play was obviously, you know, a game changer in that moment, but obviously there was, you know, numerous game-changing plays throughout.
0: Yeah. Um, forgive the graphic on the screen, everybody. We prepped our graphics, and, it, and we have an incorrect record for the for the Beavers. Uh, Coach, you'd love to have the record I just gave you. but
9: um, Okay, we'll take whatever you There you, have, you go. Then. I'll make sure the NCAA
0: is alerted <laughs> uh, appropriately. Hey, Flannery played every single minute in this game. He played all but a minute against Tufts after you guys sat him out on Friday, and he puts up 41 points. You also basically rode your starters. Uh, they played uh, a majority of the game. Charlie Rice came off the bench and played 33. I asked this at Dave Hickson who kind of did the same thing. Is that a testament to the game, or is that a, is what your team looks like this year, that you're not going to be as deep off the bench as maybe we thought you
9: would be? No, I, I think that part of it's game, part of it's matchups. because in the first half, we played, I think, 11 guys, 10 or 11 guys in the first half, because uh, Tyler Colon played, um, David Stauffer played in the first half, uh, Chris Lowry played in the first half, so... Yeah, I've got you know, them. So I think yeah. in the in the in the first half, and obviously that was probably yesterday that that happened. You know,
4: <laughs> double <laughs> overtime. But
9: you know, it's one of those things where you know I, I think that our bench has been a huge factor. You know, the other guy was it was Matt Darnie played too. So yep. you know, so we played a lot of guys in the first half because we knew it was going to be an emotional game. And, you know. um, I think the thing is that you know the guys who you know, you ride are the guys you trust in that moment, you know, because we shot Bradley Jacks for a while in the second half, you know, and then he was pretty valuable in in the two overtimes, particularly at the foul line. So, you know, so I think it it just kind of comes and goes on that front. You know, as much as you have game plans and, you know, matchups you're looking for and you have depth, you know, I mean, I I think we have 10 or 11 guys can all play in the game, but you also, when it starts getting – Tough, you want to go with the the best guys you think will are playing well, and for a sure. while, you know Charlie Rice was that guy. You know, like he was and well for a while. And you obviously, because like, well, thirty three minutes for him is a lot. You should,
0: a way sure, sure, And obviously, listen, you've got nothing tomorrow. I mean, you got um, you know what we'll twenty some <laughs> odd days left. I mean, you don't yeah, you don't have yeah. a game until the thirtieth, which is uh, literally. One two three days and a, a three day away, so you got to, you can kind of gas these guys a little bit and not worry about it. Um, but yeah, how do you kind of really how do you prep this now for this this three weeks off without before you play your next game, especially and I think this happened last year. You're kind of swallowing a bitter pill going into it.
9: Yeah, I mean you don't want to be practiced at it, but it does happen. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where. You know, like we have a really motivated group. We have tremendous leadership in our group, um who, you know, like, you know, starting with Joey on down we have six seniors and, and those guys are terrific role models, terrific workout guys. And, you know, I think that they've created a culture of hard work and working on skill. So, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that we're gonna have, you know, three good weeks where we can trust them to do what they need to do. Um You know, in Joey's case, hopefully get a little bit of rest Um, uh, because he's still battling an injury. But, um, you know, it's one of those, you know, there's not much you can do about it. It's just kind of how our exams fall. And we've tried to play in those 20s right after exams, and it just wasn't really user-friendly for our players because they all work hard academically too. So, you know, so I think it's one of those things where that's how the calendar fell. But we always play this game around the 8th or 9th. Yeah. I was double, like I said, it was double overtime last year, too. And, you know, so at least, uh, you know, there's a lot of film to watch, so there's something for us to do. <laughs> hey,
0: hey, hey, listen, if you two are just going to play double overtime games, should we just throw out the first 40 next time you face and just start? I
9: think with we should OT? go to penalty kicks, you know. Go to, well, to kicks. You go to penalty kicks. instead yeah, of penalty kicks. Nice, nice, sure. nice, nice reference. So.
0: That works, too. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Hey, coach. I know you got it. Else, uh, other things oh, to do. I'm on
9: the bus now, so we got an hour and forty-five oh, minutes. there I you appreciate go. Appreciate you having us on. Well, and, thank you. You know, again, I, I say you always give the parting shot to the coach. Yes. I say the same thing every time. You know, we really appreciate everything that D three Hoops does to promote our game. A game like tonight should give people. You know, a lot to look at and say, "Wow, D three basketball is uh, you know a tremendous, tremendous game." And you know, we're we're excited to you know continue and you know you play these games to find out what you need to work on. And you know, again, just really appreciate any opportunity to to be on Hoopsville and also just to you know talk about our guys, but I'll talk about Northeast college basketball. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a lot of great great teams in our region and you know it's going to be uh, a great second half hopefully
0: no it certainly looks that well we'll enjoy your time off here enjoy the holidays enjoy the trip to chicago my homeland um uh and and just you know it, understand that they're still celebrating the cold series that's going to take some time i know you bostonites would love to be celebrating again but you're just gonna to have to accept some of the blue and red out there
9: well, we'll also take the uh, Chris Sale from the White Sox, so it's going to uh, be okay. yeah. Well, hey, as a Cubs fan
0: myself, that's fine yeah. with me. I don't care.
9: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> get, sure. get him well, out of the congrats city. Congrats on the World Series. A uh, Tremendous game by Dave and his guys and yeah. our guys, too. And, you know, uh, wish we were still playing. You know? well, it's just yeah. a great atmosphere and really fun for a December game.
0: Well, congrats again. Happy holidays. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward sure. to talking to you down the road.
9: All right, sounds good, Dave. All right, take, take care. care.
0: Bye now. Steven Brennan on the City of Salem's hotline. Again, thanks to him and Dave Hickson for agreeing to appear on the show. Uh, Coach, if you happen to be listening, I'm going to be wrapping it up. so you can. Uh, I'm going to be a few minutes, so you can probably hang up. Some of the coaches, by the way, hang on, and we chat really quickly. Uh, you don't have to sit there, and if I abruptly hang up on you, Coach, I don't mean any disrespect. Um, so anyway, again, Thank you to both coaches for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. They don't have to do that. I only coordinated it to get the winning coach on. Um, so it's very appreciative that that Coach Brennan was willing to come on as well. Also, uh, thanks to Dave Hickson, uh, who said he would have been willing to do the same thing. So a, a heck of a game. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did not, we're going to be talking about this game for some time to come. Uh, congratulations to both squads to a heck of a game. That game will only go to help both squads, uh, especially in the NCAA tournament. And I hope the committee does whatever it has to. And that's assuming what we know now. That's not assuming any of these teams take a a number of losses and set themselves up differently when it comes to March. But here's Uh, two teams do not face each other early. I think last year the the latest, uh, they had them set up to meet in the quarterfinals. Certainly acceptable. As of right now, these two teams deserve to meet in Salem. How that's possible, it may not be possible. This is Division Three, after all. But a tremendous game between these two teams. Coach Brennan corrected me. They played double overtime last year, too. So they've played 100 minutes of basketball in two games in the last year pretty amazing stuff that's going to wrap it up for us we got to get off the air we're on the air well past when we thought we would be and we got to get going we got to still get ahead of ourselves and get ready for sunday but let me thank all of our guests that came on the show way back when if you're watching us at the beginning want to thank women's basketball coach number eighth ranked team in the country bob amesbury for coming on the show rochester tech rit women's basketball coach amy um oops i forgot amy's last name how do i do amy reed Thank you, Amy Reed, for coming on the show. How that team's not getting points. I realize they, they're they new, but, man, they're, they're, they're playing well. Uh, Amy Reed, thank you for coming on the show. No votes for on either poll for for her squad. I think that may change. Granted, like Babson, they're off for three and a half weeks here. They're not going to play anybody for a while, so it may take until January until they get a lot of love. Um, on the men's side, thanks to Swarthmore's uh, coach, uh, Landry Kalmowski Klam- for joining us. Really appreciate him taking the time. Also, thanks to Marietta's John Van Van Vanderwall, And again, thanks to Dave Hickson and thanks to Stephen Brennan for coming on. Also, thanks to all the SIDs who helped coordinate these interviews today, especially, though, uh, Chris Atwood at Amherst and Scott Dietz at Babson for coordinating the, the last two interviews for us it's going to be back on the air sunday at seven o'clock don't forget again we're off the air next thursday as we're back in salem for the division three football championships along with Lardy trophy presentations go to d3football.com for more on that should be a good weekend of football as well uh so this is our last thursday before the holidays we'll be back on again this coming sunday and the following sunday so two more hoops Keist on Talk. Uh, we, we toyed with the 22nd, but probably won't do it in case you're wondering. But that's going to do it. Thank you for tuning in. Long show, so we're going to get off the air. Thanks for anybody who tuned in via Facebook Live. It says that about 150 of you watched it for at least a bit of time. Uh, looks like those who decided to really watch longer was a, a, just a few less than that again we're just trying to broaden the audience give people an opportunity to listen and watch the show when they can don't forget the podcast will be available uh, relatively shortly in the meantime thank you again for tuning in you've been watching hoops hope presented by d3hoops.com from the wbca nabc studios we want to thank wbca and the nabc for their support uh, of this program we really appreciate it it's making big strides and going forward and their support makes it a uh, makes it a lot easier also, thanks, of course, to D3Hoops.com. And also, thanks again to the City of Salem. Once again, back on as the sponsor of our hotline, City of Salem, hosted the Division Three Men's Championships. But, of course, they just got done with Division Three Men's and Women's Soccer last weekend. we got Division Three football coming up in a week and a half. And then we'll be back in Salem. Championship number 82 overall and 66th in division, or 63rd in Division 3, uh, 62nd in Division 3. Coming up with football, we will crown in men's basketball Division 3 title number 63 and overall title number 82. Is that what I said? I lost track. Thanks to City of Salem for coming on board as well. That's going to do it. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you back here Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. You've been listening to Hoopsville. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Follow us on Instagram at D3Hoopsville or at hashtag Hoopsville. Uh, at D3 Hoopsville, or hashtag Hoopsville, or Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. Email us if you ever got ideas, coaches ideas, or if you want to decorate our studio and need our address, email us, Hoopsville, at d3hoops.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good evening. Hack of, heck of a game between Babson uh, and Amherst. My feelings are not hurt. If you were watching that one and didn't get a chance to watch this one, you can listen to or watch, watch the show on demand or listen to the podcast later. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good night. See you again Sunday.